You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey guys, do you like heavy metal? Do you like video games, comic books, movies, theme parks, or even cool TV shows? We've got the place for you. Metal Geeks. Time to rock out with your geek out. Here are your hosts, Carrie the Metal Geek, Dave, and George. Geek it out, fellas. Hello, this is Dauber from Oceans of Slumber. And this is Cammy, and you're listening to Metal Geeks. Rock out with your geek out. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 223 of the Metal Geeks podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with... Brutal Dave, good evening. Good evening, sir. We also have with us... George Tripsis. Yes, and we're doing a very special episode tonight. We're talking from D23 all the way to Middle-earth, from Anaheim to Middle-earth. So we can't do an episode about the new Lord of the Rings television program without my co-host from MSRCast, one of the biggest Lord of the Rings Tolkien fans that I know, Sean the Metal Pigeon. Welcome, sir. Hello, I am here. Yes, you are. (laughs) <laughs> under under duress, we have the we have the chains on them, so we can uh, we're like the orcs in this situation. <laughs> yeah, not feeling the greatest, but I'm here. That's right. So, how's everybody doing besides besides Sean not feeling great? You guys doing all right? Yeah, good, cool. Yeah, uh, you're going yeah. to Disney in a couple weeks, right? That's right. So my my first real vacation in like two years. So I'm yeah, excited. we were just looking at Disney cruises for like January or February. It was like a four day for like twelve hundred bucks. I'm like, it sounds like a lot of money, but out of Galveston, that's not that bad, right? I, I guess I don't know. I don't yeah. go on cruises very often, so you Disney cruises are really you know expensive. better than most. <laughs> that's why we haven't gone on one in so long. We went on one for a honeymoon, and we so for like one person on a Disney cruise, we could do like a week on Royal Caribbean or Carnival. You know, so it's hard to justify the difference in price you know so i don't really care about getting photos with the the characters and all that kind of stuff you know but it's because you don't like mickey mouse that's why i do like mickey but when he captain mickey he's so pretentious man (laughs) (laughs) only when he's wearing the captain's hat i'm the captain now um i'm the captain now (laughs) i was was just gonna ask you to do that (laughs) Oh, right on you. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why we have you here, sir. Um, we're going to get into a couple of our, our segments, but we have a couple of big segments later to talk about. But uh, if anybody's been watching anything, because there's a couple shows that I want to talk about. Um, does anybody else but me watch the TV show on Hulu, I believe, called The Resort? It's on uh, Peacock. Peacock, thank you. I always I forget. Don't... I only watched the first three episodes. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's done by the same creative team that did uh, Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of the first couple episodes you watched? It's it's really good. It's really intriguing. I just uh-huh. uh, other things came on like Lord of the Rings, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's that's more important. So yeah, me and me and my every, wife, everything uh, else kind of stopped. We binged it last weekend. Uh, it really 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 enjoyed it. I think it was like only like ten episodes. Uh, it goes places you don't expect it to go, and it comes back. It's very sci-fi, you know. No weirdness. spoilers. No yeah. spoilers. Yeah. Uh, I do think I do think there's some weird stuff going on. It feels very uh, mm-hmm. 
it's scratching like a weird lost itch for me while while yes. also kind uh you ever seen that hbo show the white lotus i have not i've seen uh, a bits and pieces but i know what you're talking about yeah it's like if those two shows mo- sure. molded together that's what it feels like. i i'm glad you said law lo- you get lost feelings from it because i get the same uh feeling when i'm watching that show i'm like it's very lost e you know cool. but it's not in a good way though I'm, so let's, I'm a lost head so I, I really like I, the the cast is really good. Um, everything about the show is really really good. So let's hold off a further discussion until after you watched it because I really would like to discuss it further with you, George. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, what about Cobra Kai season five? Anybody watched it? Man, I, I haven't, haven't watched, watched Cobra Kai yet. in a hot minute. Go ahead, Dave. I haven't watched four yet. You haven't so watched four I'm, yet. I'm a big fan of the show, uh, but I haven't I haven't watched season four yet. What about you, Sean? Have you watched any of it? No. Well, I think I watched like one episode a long time ago, but no. Well, I binged season five over the weekend. Didn't uh, it just come out? It came out yeah. on Friday. So wow. I was sort of, I was homebound yesterday, uh, not feeling well. Uh, so I stayed home all day and just sort of binged it on the couch. That and watching uh, some of the live stream from D23 that happened over this past weekend. And we're going to talk a little bit of like our favorite moments from that, but at, uh, in a little, in a little bit, but uh, Cobra Kai season five is exactly what you want it to be. It's, um, it's so what's, hap- what's happening now. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, uh, well, last thing I remember seeing in trailers that they're basically making the sequel to K- uh, Karate Kid three. Um, how do you mean? Uh, they brought characters back from Cobra, okay. uh, from uh, Karate Kid Three. That was Maybe. the last trailer I watched. Yes, that yeah. I, I I might I can either confirm or deny that. I'm not going to watch it, so you can. You're never going to watch it. I I'm done. I, I think after season, oh, really? yeah, after season two or three, I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm done. It's 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 definitely more of the same, but it's it's well written. It's it's good. Um, every time I was watching it, my wife kept on going, "Where are their parents at?" There's all these fights and there's like no parents around. Nobody ever calls the cops. They're living it like it's the 1980s. That's why. Apparently, yeah, it's <laughs> 1980s movie logic, basically. <laughs> uh, it's it's good though. If you're a fan of the series, the new season is it's actually really good. They take a lot of character development. They take so not even like the main character, like Daniel. He's not. He's still the same sort of like. Well, because Daniel is not the main character of the series. No, he's not. So. But they don't they don't develop his character any different in this season. I I don't think, but they take some of the other characters to new places, which is pretty cool. There you go. Anybody watch the Elvis movie? I did. Did you? Yeah. So what did you think? Uh, it was better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, still a little fast and loose on some things. Sure, I'm. I'm not the most uh, knowledgeable guy about the 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 whole life of Elvis. My mom was a, a real big fan. That's sort of why I watched the movie. Um, yeah, my mom is too. That's uh, partly why I know anything about Elvis. Exactly. My up. mom used to listen to him all the time. Yeah. But uh, I I was interesting because it's a Baz Luhrmann movie. Who does? He does weird stuff in his films. He's um, very stylistic. Very stylistic. And here's what I felt about the movie. It was a little it was very long. They 
the first part, maybe the first hour ish, when they were the younger era of Elvis was really stylistic. Some of the uh, the things that they did um, cinematically were really cool. And then the, like the last hour was it sort of like they 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 blew all their money in the first hour and they didn't really have it for the rest of the movie. I was like, oh okay, I was expecting more of the same, and it just turned into a regular biopic. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, that's the problem with like music biopics. They're all mm-hmm. the same, no matter how you slice it. Even even Baz Luhrmann's take yeah. on it even you know goes back to being a good old Janelle biopic. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't bad. It's just it wasn't great. And he mixed elements of like newer music styles into it. Uh, he does that in all of his movies. Does he? Okay. Yeah. I, f- I figured he did because he didn't do like the Great Gatsby and all that type of stuff. Yeah, he did Romeo and Juliet, uh, right. Moulin Rouge. Uh, I never saw Moulin Rouge. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I love musicals. I'll begrudgingly say that it's pretty good. Yeah. Is it? Okay. It is, actually. Yeah. Like, I and never saw it until I got dragged to a movie party with Catherine to go see it. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yes, and Ewan McGregor is actually can sing. Yeah. I've heard that, uh, yeah. Carrie, you would probably, you'd probably enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you like musicals and you like. Um, he, Carrie doesn't like music. I like some musicals. <laughs> okay. But you like. Uh, uh, that's fair. Because I, I get. Uh, I understand. But yeah. it's all of the music in it is based off of. Like, it's pop radio. It's pop music that you know. No, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. They'll do like a Prince song and they'll. Oh, have, that's like, cool. Okay. They'll have, they'll have a couple of Queen songs in there. Oh, really? The police, the police and oh yeah, the police um, is definitely in there. That uh, sort of like, interests me now. It's, what, it's like definitely a jukebox it, thing. They they like blend um, pieces of rock and pop songs together and make new songs out of them. Basically, I know that with the Lady Marmalade song come from that movie, right? Yeah, like the, the yeah. Newer, newer version of it. Yeah, the one from the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it a shot. Why not? I mean, it's enjoyable. The worst I can do is not like it. It's definitely a product of its time. So go, yeah. go, yeah. go with that in mind. <laughs> I don't like Romeo and Juliet was actually was pretty good. And Romeo and Juliet's awesome. I actually rewatched that recently, and it still holds up. I like his style. So I mean, he's he's very stylistic. That's why I was very interested in this Elvis movie. Uh, if you have HBO or whatever, it's streaming there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I watched it. I was like, yeah, oh shit, it's finally on. Um, what have you, anybody else been watching anything that's, uh, noteworthy besides Lord of the Rings? Uh, I watched a new TV show on Hulu starring Steve Carell called The Patient. Right. I've seen trailers for that. It is damn good. Is it? Uh, I don't want to spoil too much because the trailer kind of gives away too much in my opinion. Um, I will give you the setup, uh, just to leave you with that. Steve Carell plays like a... A therapist who is kind of overcoming some personal drama, and he's treating this uh, very disturbed man um, who one day kidnaps him and forces him to treat him in his basement. Oh, so like misery in a way. Yeah, heavy misery vibes. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Who is the patient? Well, that's part of the question you have to figure out. Well, who's the the guy? guy Oh, uh, it is Donald Logue. Donald Logue? Donald Logue? I always thought it was Donald. I didn't know he was in it. Yeah, he plays the the patient, the particular really? patient. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I met him at Comic Palooza one year. He's a really cool dude. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. He was uh, he was there for Gotham that year. Oh, I didn't know he was in Gotham. You're talking about the guy with the beard, Donal Logue, right? He was also in Star Wars. Maybe I have the wrong. Maybe let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check you here. I'm pretty sure his name is Donal Logue. What was the sitcom he was in? Grounded for Life was it? The name no, not, that, not that okay. Guy. You're thinking of I'm sorry, it's Donald Don Gleason. Sorry, Donald Gleason. Yeah, Donald Gleason. I said the wrong name. I'm sorry, I apologize. Donald Gleason, Dom, Dom Hall, Dom Hall Gleason. There you go. I thought just, I thought his name was Donald Logue. I must have seen Donald Logue's name somewhere else, and that must have stuck with me when I was. Okay, you said Donald Logue in Star Wars. I'm like, huh? I've never seen that version of Star Wars. No, no, it's uh, Donald, Donald Gleason. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, he was, uh, I can't think of the character name in Star Wars, but. Yeah, General yeah. Hux. Thank General you. General Hux. Yeah. He's also been in a whole bunch of other movies, too, but that's probably his. He was in, uh, X, what was it, Ex Machina? Was that the name of that movie? Yep, Ex Machina. Yeah, he was in that. Wasn't some Paddington Bear movie or something, too? One of those movies like that. Oh, Peter Rabbit. That's what it was. I never oh. saw it, but I just remember him in the trailer. Yeah, I was about to say, I've never seen that. <laughs> Sean, have you been watching anything of note recently? Um, I saw something on Netflix called The Chestnut Man, which is a um, about some serial killer. It's a, I think it's a Danish series. Does he kill them um, with chestnuts? No, it, it's like he makes you know, like kids head. and kids in, in I guess um, Denmark make these little stick figures out of chestnuts, and that becomes this guy's calling card that he weaves. It's a six-episode miniseries. I guess it's pretty self-contained. I don't think they're going to do another season. Is it, it was uh, really good. Subtitled or? Yeah, subtitled. Okay. It, you know, I because I, I had been watching Mindhunters. I had binged those two seasons, and I oh, love that show so much. Show. Yeah. It it really sent me on this whole like, oh, let's find some more serial uh, serial killer type shows. And do we need, do we need um, to get you some help? Yeah. Well, I'm a sucker for these Scandinavian, yeah. really dark detective dramas you know scandinavian uh, thrillers i mean yeah. scandinavia i mean you live there you're gonna it's gonna everything's gonna turn to darkness right have you ever it's seen the, the original girl with the dragon tattoo um, i haven't seen no, the i saw the i saw the ream the one they released here yeah what, wa- check out the originals They're same with the let, let the right one in the original one the, far, much better. the far superior version yeah yeah i don't think i've uh, ever seen the remake it's okay, um, but yeah, it's nowhere near as good mm-hmm. as the original. <laughs> cool. What about you, Dave? Anything uh, we should know about that you've been watching? I don't. I don't think so. I haven't really been watching a lot recently. Um, at least not anything new. Has everybody seen She-Hulk: Attorney of Law? I, mean, I haven't watched up? any of it. I, I've watched all of them, and I don't know. It's starting to grate on me. If it doesn't get better soon, I might, I might drop out. Oh no, I'm digging yeah. it. You're not, uh, you're not digging the vibe. The last few episodes, I think, have been definitely the worst. Mm. I, I don't know if I agree with you. I, I like this. I like the stylistic thing they're doing on that show. It's, it's different. Mm. So it's not as funny or as clever as it thinks it is. Has anybody watched Thor: Love and Thunder since it's come to D twenty? Oh yeah, I watched that yesterday. Yeah, you saw that recently, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I liked it. 
Um, it's goofy as hell. And I, honestly, I think that uh, the Taika Waititi Thor movies are the better Thor movies. I agree. Like, and um, like... I get. I guess. I guess I understand why people don't like it. I don't know that I really do understand. I don't either. Why it's why very it comic booky. That it does. It's they're very weird. They're very. It's lighthearted, and then it. But then it. It like turns and mm-hmm. gets heavy in a in a way that I feel like is fairly effective. Um, yeah. But uh, I I didn't hate Tessa Thompson in this movie. Um, which surprised the hell out of me. Do you normally hate Tessa Thompson in yes, movies? I usually hate Tessa Thompson, and like I, I hated her in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I, oh, really? I usually, I usually don't like her. I thought she was a lot better in this one. Yeah, it uh, gave her a little bit of more character development, you know. Yeah, they did. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. Good. You know, everybody knows my opinion. I, I like. I, it as I like that because um, I watched both. I watched um, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness just a mm-hmm. few days prior to going to see it, just to make sure I was caught up, basically, with the, the movies, at least. Um, and I, I like that, like, that movie, like, that was a fucking Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> it is. Totally. Uh, with Deadites and all. Yes. Um, but I, I like that both of those movies, that I feel like the voices of those directors is totally carried through that like they're they didn't uh, you're right giving these characters to these directors these storytellers and letting them tell the story in the way that they their visions yeah you're exactly right their visions of this of what they want come through it's not some studios well we're gonna (laughs) dc they they cauterize the way the the movie is was designed by the directors marvel doesn't really do that it's mm. you get you get what those directors are. You're you're wrong. I'm not wrong. Y'all are both wrong. There was a Sam Raimi you movie know, in the Multiverse funny. of Madness, but it was definitely clipped. Its wings were clipped really hard. Well, you still have to have a Marvel movie as well. Yeah. You have to. I understand that, but it just wasn't a very. What did good you one. What did you think of it? My, of my point. My Go point ahead, being, though, my. my like obviously, there's got to be overarching things that are that have to tie all this stuff together. Yeah, but I agree. You can't, 100%. you can't say. But what my point is, though, is that like, uh, like I could have watched that movie and not been told beforehand who the director was and gone, oh, okay, this is Sam Raimi directed this movie. Um, and sim- like the same thing with Thor. I could have, without prompting, told you that Taika Waititi directed that movie. That the the voices of those creators is coming through in a like may are, are they being clipped are they being edited probably they fucking are because they're part of the biggest fucking media company in the world are they so is that affecting them i'm not i don't doubt that it is but their voice still carries through they're still unique um and i'm in, i'm enjoying that aspect of them that because if they were all if Disney was requiring for all of them to have the exact same voice for the sake of consistency or theming or whatever, um, I would be even more tired of Marvel movies. Than I am. <laughs> so. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not seeing, I, I think I feel like the distinct, this voice that you're, you're getting out of it. I feel like it's muddled in the 
overall machine of Marvel, I'm, in my opinion. I'm, I'm totally on board with, with Dave on this one. Like there, are, there are moments of Multiverse of Madness that definitely sings, but there it's too heavy and saggy in the Marvel corporate machine to be too enjoyable. All right, so what did you think of the movie, though? Of Multiverse Thor. of Madness? Oh, Thor. No, 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 Thor. Um, how can I say this? Uh, it was... There are things that it did better than Ragnarok that I really enjoyed. It, there was things it got got right that Ragnarok got wrong, and there was things that Ragnarok got right and that this movie got wrong. So that's how I, I feel about it. Yeah. I can agree with that. I'm not saying that these are like like the greatest movies of all time, right? Yeah, no, 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 me neither. I, I mean, they are what they are. Um, um, but they're. I, I at least had fun watching both of the movies. So. Yeah, the Christian Bale like fucking carried that movie. What, Christian Bale it. in the same movie? Like he dragged that movie from the he fucking was great. He yeah, was he, he it's unfair that he didn't get a a better story in my opinion or I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I, I liked his story. Uh he, he was, was yeah, he's, he's great in everything he does. I he was definitely the, the the standout star in this movie and I just don't feel like uh it really got enough praise in my opinion or a, enough uh, runway to be seen by the masses, I guess. Um, I felt like it was stupider than it needed to be. It's a Taika movie for you. <laughs> That's not true. That is not that is, true. That is true. It's not true. Like I can name th- all his other movies and they're not dumb. They're silly, but they're not stupid. And this one just felt stupider for whatever weird reason um i felt like they actually understood thor better in this movie than any of the other movies before him that he's really is just a sad hero who's just masking his his uh, sadness with silliness yeah yeah uh and i feel and i feel like they didn't that that didn't make sense in ragnarok like ragnarok they wanted him to be a hero and he didn't really do anything heroic here he was really being the hero. He just didn't have anything to be heroic for except saving. My, my only complaint in the whole movie is Zeus and his horrible accent. Oh, it well. was a, it was an annoying accent. Well, that's what happens when you get an Australian to play a Greek, I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, he was so good in the other guys. I'm like, what? What are they? What is he doing here? It's called a paycheck. That's what it's called. Bob paycheck. That's, that's what he's doing. Um, I don't know. There, I, there's, I, thought there's... That, I thought that bit was funny. It was dumb as hell. Like it was really fucking stupid. But I, I felt like Russell Crowe was that he knew that it was stupid and that he just leaned into it. And I felt right. like it, it worked well enough. I, <laughs> I just feel uh, like they they learned a lot and then made brand new mistakes in this one, and that the story felt rushed and underbaked. All right, so uh, let's move on. Have anybody been playing any new video games? No. I've been playing old video games. <laughs> old old video games are still good. Like what? Uh, I posted about this one a few days ago. I've had this game in my Steam library for probably eight years, maybe maybe more. Uh, that I had never played. Uh, no, that's not true. I started up once and went, "Wow, this is really fucking weird." I'm going to get into this sometime, and then just. <laughs> didn't go back until this last week. It's a game called uh, Anti-Chamber. Um, Anti-Chamber? Yeah, not Anti-Chamber, but Anti- Anti-Chamber. Okay. Um, and it is, I, I described it in, in the post that I made that it's kind of, um, it feels kind of like Portal, 
it feels kind of like Mist, but it isn't like either of those games at all. <laughs> and it's truly weird. Um, it is a puzzle exploration game, uh, and they do not hold your hand. Uh, you you start the game, and you're like in this room, and behind a behind a, a glass wall that you can see the exit to this labyrinth thing that you're in and you have to, and you're trying to basically you, 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 so you know from the beginning that you're trying to get out of this place. That's all they tell you. And so then you go and you explore this world. The, the graphics are, it's very surreal. The graphics are very minimalistic. It's done in the unreal engine. So like it's an engine that has some serious capabilities, but they use that engine and do very simple graphics with it. The corridors are like solid white, white walls, solid white floors, white ceilings. Um, where there is color in the game, it's like spots of color and they're like vibrant uh, primaries, vibrant secondary colors. I'm looking uh, at the uh, the listing on Steam right now. Like one of the photos reminds me of the AHA music video. So <laughs> it has that kind of um, rotoscoped yeah style to it it ha- it does um okay so but the 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 thing about it though is that the world uh this environment that you're in it doesn't make sense once you start to explore it uh you, there's like a section a part of the game where you turn down a corridor and it's a straight corridor and you can see where it ends in a T intersection on the other end. You walk straight down that corridor to the T intersection and turn and you're back at the beginning of the corridor that you just came down. Um there are, Did you get a good uh, price on this game when you bought it? I got it as part of an indie game bundle like years oh. ago. So okay. I probably, it was one of the, I think it was probably Humble Bundle. So I probably spent next to nothing for, gotcha. it, for it. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, like I said, the, 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 the trick of the game is figuring out how to navigate this world that doesn't make sense. Everything, every room in the world is a puzzle. There's something in the room that you're supposed to figure out. Um, there's spaces that can't exist there. Um, like if you, there's things that you can only interact with if you look at from the correct angle, uh, you can only get to certain places, uh, like maybe you have to walk backwards out of this room to get to the next room that it's just stuff like that, that you have to figure it out. And then there are actual like, um, interactive, they're essentially logic puzzles, but they're, it, uh, there's interactive puzzles that you actually, you're going to have to spend some time and go, okay, I have to think about how to get all of these pieces into like, this place. It's like the or, video game equivalent of an escape room. There's yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, each room is different, with, a mind bending puzzle and stuff like that with, with less prompting though. Cause like, like I said, it does not tell you what you're doing. Okay. It doesn't even, there's not even an explanation for why you're doing any of this. It's, there's no story to speak of, um, but it's truly it's, weird. And like, it gets weirder. There's I, no cake at the end. The end sequence is even weirder than the whole rest of the game. <laughs> nice. uh, it's even more surreal and strange. I have no fucking idea what the ending was about, <laughs> but it was a fun ride. Uh, it's definitely a game that if you like creative and lateral thinking, um, that you'll find it fun. If you like the kind of problem solving that the missed games require you to do, mm-hmm. 
uh, the kind of problem, the kind of sideways thinking that you have to do in games like Portal. That's why yep. I made those comparisons because they really they make you have to think real different about how to approach problems. Sure. This game is really good at that. So if you like that kind of thing, you'd enjoy this game. Uh, if not, you're likely to rage quit this game. <laughs> um, it, some of it it gets pretty frustrating sometimes. It's going, on. I've been walking in a circle for half an hour and I can't figure out why. Uh, <laughs> but I bet you feel really good about yourself when you figure out the solution. Once you figure out the solutions, almost every puzzle in the game, once you figure it out, you're like, oh, that was really easy, actually. Uh, there's a couple of puzzles that it's like, okay, actually, I really did have to work on that one. I saw what the answer was. I just had to figure out how to get yeah. there. But then a lot yeah. of them, it's just like, oh, the answer was actually really simple. And uh, so it's you either feel really clever for figuring it out, or you feel like a real dumbass that it took you as long as it did to figure. It out. <laughs> what about so you? Really uh, cool. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Have you been playing any games? Uh, I haven't been playing any games, but I did um, get a game for free the other day. Um, I didn't know that Amazon had a, uh, its own gaming thing now, mm-hmm. and they're just giving away games, <laughs> and so. I saw an advertisement on my on Instagram for like get Assassin's Creed Odyssey for free. I was like, oh fuck yeah, I'll get that for free. No really. So um, yeah, they just there's like I got Shadow of Mordor for free also. These are PC just, versions. Yeah, PC yeah. versions, just like things you can download. I'm like, all right. They so, yeah, just I, I, announced uh, there was an Ubisoft Forward event yesterday. They announced there's a couple new Assassin's Creed games coming out. One of them is called Mirage. Yeah, it's set in Baghdad. Uh, yeah, it's set in century. Baghdad. That looks pretty cool. It's gonna be cool. I mean, yeah, they say it's very. They're going back to the basic, the base roots of like game style. Yeah. So let's see what that really means. I mean, because like the last couple of games have been really. There's just been a lot. It's like overwhelmingly a lot of game involved. You know, cut it down I, I think a little they, bit. Self edit. They said that um, the, like the past three games have had a lot of RPG elements to mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and that they're going to go back to just more of like the city action type stuff, you know, yep. parkour stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a nice way to change the what they've been doing. I mean, I, I don't think I think people like the the past few games, mm-hmm. but it's nice to do something different. They got to find a, a good balance between the two styles. Yeah, yeah. Dave, you got a new game, right? That you haven't really played yet, but you just got it. Today. I literally just bought it before we started. Yep. Uh, recording. I, this makes I this makes my heart it. happy. So I, uh, um, Steam is uh, was marketing to me. So I love sim games, uh, like specific, specifically city building games and civilization style games, that kind oh, of yeah. thing. Um, kind of a I don't know. I've always I've always liked these kind of things, but a, a, a related genre that I've never gotten into is the the theme park simulators, like Roller Coaster Tycoon, any of that stuff. I've never mm-hmm. played any of those. Um, so Steam was letting me know that um, Planet Coaster was seventy five percent off, and so I asked Carrie earlier today because I know he plays this kind of thing. If he's played this one, and he said he recommended it. So I got it for a steal. I have it. It's ready to play. It's installed now. But uh, like I literally was just buying it as we were getting started here. So yeah, my uh, one of my favorite games of all time is Roller Coaster Tycoon. Uh, I spent so many hours playing that game, and this team that did Planet Coaster is the same original team that worked on that game, just you mm-hmm. know better. And like I was telling you earlier, I 
I play, I've played it more on the three on the Xbox because I never really had a computer until recently that was really capable of playing it very well, even though I have it in my Steam library. But I bought all the DLC and all that stuff for the Xbox when it, when it came out. So that's where I played it the most. But I should probably now play it on PC because that's, you know, that's what it's really designed for, you know? Well, and I, I, looking at it, so the uh, um, <laughs> EA destroyed Maxis, who made the SimCity games. They, yeah. they nuked it. And uh, the last SimCity game, uh, I've not heard anything about it that sounded intriguing to me at all. Like, it went from SimCity 4, which was one of the best city-building games of all time, and still has a very active community that plays it and mods for it and stuff like that. And then they made... The, this last SimCity game that I've never I've not heard a single good thing about um, so I the one it took a couple of years after that but City Skylines has kind of taken over as the dominant city building game and one of the things that's really good about it especially playing it on the PC is that the uh, the community around it is very active and is constantly adding content uh, making modifications to the user interface um, and making the game more and more playable. And it looks like what I'm seeing from Planet Coaster, they have something similar, that they have yep. a similar community. Yeah, they definitely is. That's the cool thing about it, especially on the Xbox. I don't know how, how deep it is on PC, but I'm sure it's even even deeper, is there's so many parks and attractions and scenery and all this kind of stuff that people have created. You know, recreations of a Disney attraction or recreations of like a whole Six Flags park. That stuff is what really interests me the most, you know what I mean? Just the creativity Mm -hmm. that I don't have time to do, but I can, you know, go through it and play with their their creations, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. What about you, George? You playing anything recently? Not a single thing. Not a single thing. I have three games on my list. Um, Team NT, the Cowabunga Collection. I want to get that. I want to get that. It is literally the best video game collection of old school games together. You have both arcade games in, uh, you know, English and Japanese, the Japan versions. You have every single NES game, all the Genesis games, tournament fighters. Uh, There's like three uh, Game Boy games and everything is like, you can play American or in its, uh, or the Japanese versions. There's a recreation of every single, um, (laughs) of uh like like the guides that came with you know like the instruction booklets um oh, yeah. advertising that they've they they've scanned in everything uh all the music it's it's a really painstakingly well done love letter to those games oh i uh i did play one other thing last week which was the the demo for metal hellsinger which comes out yes. later this week. The full it comes out on the fifteenth as we're recording yeah. this, and it's free on Game Pass if you have Game Pass. But I am I'm gonna definitely I'm definitely gonna be buying it from them because I want to support. But I want it's, a physical version, you know. Yeah, like the so uh, anyone who's listened to the show like at all knows that <laughs> Doom is my thing. I fucking love the whole Doom series, and. Uh, this is basically Doom Eternal as a rhythm game. Yes, it's if you took Doom Eternal and Guitar Hero and put them together. And put them together. It's 
that was yeah, a that you're, killer heavy metal soundtrack. Not only yeah. is it heavy metal, but you have amazing singers on it, like yeah, like mm-hmm. Michael Stan from Dark Tranquility, and so did we. Did we Stane is what he said. We we discovered that right, Sean. Stane, Stane. Um, and if you haven't heard the Halo effect, you need to. Uh, and then who else is on there? Like Serge uh, Tankian's on there. Serge, um, yeah. Mr. White Glues is on there. Um, who I enjoy her vocal, her clean vocals so much more than her her growls. So much. Um, what Sean's laughing his ass off now? Why are you laughing? I thought you said so. <laughs> I thought you said Sir Stanky was on. <laughs> like what? Oh, Sir Stanky from Sir Stanky is not on this one. I'm sorry. Uh, He's uh, my favorite oh, too. Uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt Heafy is involved with. Oh, yeah, there's a lot uh, of great uh, vocalists on it. Bjorn from Soul Work. What isn't Bjorn involved with? So uh, Randy Blythe is in there. Oh yeah. Uh, I just I, I'm not a big Lamb of God fan, but I like Randy Blythe. Yeah. So. Exactly. I like him as a person. Yeah. At least what I know about him. He seems like a decent dude. Um, that, yeah, that's, that's great. Great call. I'm looking forward to that. It comes out this week. Um, yeah. One of the games, I have two other games I want to talk about. One is called cult of the lamb. I bought it on my Xbox and that game. It's so cute. and so evil at the same time. It's It's, on my wish list now. Dude, you need, this is, I no no Justin Method just about it last week and he said it's like the best game he's played in a while and he's probably played more of it than I have recently but it's like Animal Crossing but you get to sacrifice your villagers but <laughs> the it's really it's it's hard to explain there's two elements of the game one is like a roguelike um, dungeon crawler thing very much like you're going through each room you're fighting enemies and you. You're getting new equipment and all that kind of stuff. And then there's like the world building aspect of it where you're rescuing uh, people to worship you and you have to feed them and make sure they have housing. And then you could sacrifice them to build yourself up. And there's so much to this. called again? Called Cult of the Lamb. And the art style is so fucking adorable. But it's one of the most evilest games I've ever played. Uh, it is so cool. It's really well done. It is published by Devolver Digital, who are one of my favorite publishers because they don't do anything of the norm, which is what I love about them. Mm. And it's just a, such a phenomenal game. I should have bought it on my on my Switch so I could play it just just laying on the couch. But I, I wound up I had credit on the Xbox, so I figured I'd just buy it there. And man, I might I might even buy it on my Switch just to play it more. You know. <laughs> it's a really good game. Uh, up, it's up everybody's alleys here for sure. It's a it's a good twenty five dollars normal price if you can find it even cheaper, even better. But definitely worth some money. The other game that I've been playing is The Last of Us Part One, the remake. Now, if you have a PS five and you are a fan of The Last of Us, this is not a remaster. This is not taking the same game and just putting a new shiny coat of paint okay. on it. Cause I was going to say, didn't they already do that? They already did a remaster. This is yeah. a literal remake from the ground up. Okay. Uh, and this game is fucking beautiful. It's one of my top five games of all time. So it's expensive. It's like a $70 game, but I had a bunch Damn. of credit at GameStop. So I got it much cheaper than that. Um, 
And it's it's been worth it. I I've only maybe like an hour and a half, two hours back into it, but so it's a remake. What exactly are they remaking? They've well, the the game is the same. They've updated it, uh, you know, with some of the stuff from part two, some of the elements, but like all the graphics have been completely redone, all that kind of stuff. It's it just they basically started anew and just redid the game. It's not a remaster. Don't it's not. So it's the same levels, same gameplay, just yes. prettier. Yeah, it's much prettier. Okay. Like, comparatively, oh. go look at a YouTube comparative video and you'll be like, all right, I get it now. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I also, at the same time, I don't feel like I need to spend that money to play the same game. Well, if it. you don't, that's fine. Not everybody. It's not for everybody. It's for the hardcore Last of Us fans, which is which I'm one of them. So. I mean, I, I would say I'm a fan, but... Uh... I don't know if I'm a fan enough to buy the same game twice. Well, this is my third time that I bought it, so I'm I'm triple dipping. It's okay. <laughs> Which is where I, I you think about it, it feels like a long time ago, but it came out in 2013, the first one, and then the remaster was like a year or so later. So I remember playing it on the PS3. So yep. All right. Uh, let's move on from video games because I, I want to talk about our some of our favorite moments and announcements from D23, which is happening happened over the weekend. I watched a lot of the live stream. I watched the Friday. I was watching the um, <laughs> the the legend ceremony, and like five minutes in it, Bob Paycheck comes out. Right, he's talking and talking, and all of a sudden. In the background, you heard some booing starting, right? Oh no! <laughs> and then, and then the, the official Disney—that's my favorite thing out of D twenty three. The that's official the thing I've heard. The official stream that I was watching cut back to the people that were uh, on stage. They had like a stage doing a live stream stage, which was cool because one of them was Brett Iwin, I- I- who is actually the official voice of Mickey Mouse. And Ashley Eckstein was one of the other people, but they cut back to him like, okay, what the fuck is going on? What happened? I thought it was that Creek guy who was the official voice of Mickey Mouse. No, it's uh, Brad Iwin. Chris Diamantopoulos is him in the Mickey shorts. Yes. And and also some of, like, the newer, like, cell phone games or whatever. He was, uh, I can't remember what show that I used to watch that he was in. Was it Entourage or something like that? Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, thank you. That's what it was. Um, but they went back to the legend ceremony, which was it was cool. Um, you know, all four of the the frozen voice actors. They did a, a posthumously one for Chadwick Boseman. Uh, it was it was interesting. It's not my favorite thing, but um, but Saturday the big the they do oh, the, so Friday was also the Disney Animation and Pixar panel. So they announced all the new Disney animated movies and things like that. Was anything uh, out of that that struck your fancy? I'm curious what Inside 2 is going to be about. Right. Inside 2, more uh, Insider. Did they, I, I, well, so I didn't watch any of this. I was uh, uh, just going to catch up on all of this stuff later. So I, I'm, I haven't really watched any of this. But I did see that they, were, they announced an Inside Out 2 um, did they give any information about it at all? They, they just, just announced, announced it. it. Happening? Yeah, they just. I, I mean, it seems to me that I feel like the the first one ended in a place that creates its own jumping off point for a sequel, um, because the first movie is so much about uh, the 
emotions. A child's, a child's emotions going through the process of starting to change uh, and, and becoming <laughs> becoming more complicated. Yeah. Um, so now it's going to be about puberty. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gives it it's, its own jumping off point. Yeah. Um, so I, I I feel like it that makes sense. And I think and it could work. I, the a, first it, one, it could... Go ahead. I was going to say I think that uh, I and I'm not alone in this. I know that there are um, like child therapists who have said that they have found that movie very useful in their practice for mm. helping children to understand and express their own emotions. Uh, that's Absolutely. great. Um, Definitely important. And, and, and I, I feel like that they could do something uh, equally useful with that. Uh, we, we, we could all use some more emotional awareness in <laughs> yes. Western society. And, do, you, uh, do you guys remember that attraction at Epcot at the wonders of life pavilion? That was very much, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it was, the different parts of the guy's body talking to each other, but there was like the emo- like the, the the mind and stuff like that. Like the the strengths was like Hans and Franz from it was like a lot of SNL people from like the eighties. Was it weird? I never saw the attraction. I know what you're talking about. I can't I can't remember what the name of it was. I'm gonna have to. Like I said, I I never saw it myself. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't go to uh, I didn't go to Disney World for the first time until I was 24, 25 oh. years old, something like that. So, uh, Cranium Command—that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, what else? Any anything else that uh, struck your fancy? I'm looking. There's a show, uh, feature film for 23 called Wish, where believe this, Alan Tudyk is going to be a goat. Alan Tudyk is going to do a weird animal voice. What I know, I'm sure he's going to talk as a goat. Maybe the talking goat from maybe the the goat from Thor will show up. It's a very cutesy goat. Um, going from yeah. the uh, artwork here. So okay. Uh, so Pinocchio just premiered. So they they talked about Disenchanted, which is the sequel to Enchanted, Hocus Pocus two, which I've still never seen the original movie. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I plan to watch you, it. Hocus Pocus two trailer actually looks a lot of fun as well. So. It does. It does look fun. I think. I think what I'm going to play. What I'm planning to do is right before part two comes out, I'm going to watch one and then two together. You know. There you go. Yeah. Even though it's you, probably going to be like some one, big gap in between. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely one that like it's it's useful during the month of October and then other sure. than that. It, I've never. It is a. It's a Halloween movie for sure. I'm just not a fan of uh, what's her name from Sex and the City. Sarah Jessica oh, Parker. Yes, it's the best yeah. thing she's ever been in. It, it's okay. probably yeah. <laughs> she. You know what? She plays uh, stupid so good. Very well. Yeah. Is she yeah. playing? Well, I'll leave that up to you to judge. Uh, uh, they talked a lot about the Haunted Mansion movie. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be Madame Leota. Madame yeah, they also Leota. released the synopsis too. Yes, the synopsis—it's exactly what I imagined it to be. Uh, I, somebody inherits the house, and there's ghosts. What else? I do thought you want? She, she bought the house. She first. bought. Well, okay, bought yeah. the house. Yeah. Did yeah, you see the uh, the other casting announcement for one of the the denizens of the haunted mansion? Are you talking about the Hatbox Ghost? Hatbox Ghost. This is Jared Leto. Jared Leto, who everybody's favorite. Okay. Like, yeah, when they announced sure, that, sure he's, I have he's the not, largest eye roll when that announcement came through. He's not going to be a big part of it. He can't be. Well. He, no, like, what, there's not much you can do with that, I don't think. So. 
He's going to no. be the dude chasing them at the end. That's what it is. Speaking of, we're going to sort of. Did you hear that Disney World Haunted Mansion is getting the Hatbox Ghost next year? They're going to install him there too. Oh yeah! Oh wow! Yeah. So it's only he's only been in California for a while. So, um, what else? What else are we thinking about from that? Um, Mufasa, The Lion King, is going to be a prequel movie. Is what I think they should have originally done if they were uh-huh. going to go into the live action foray where they did. They should have done the prequel first. The Lion King was not live action. It was it was recorded, videoed background was CGI. I'm sorry, most not of the live background, action. Wasn't, live action most of the background like, wasn't real either. Yeah, none, none of none of it was okay. Fine. <laughs> it wasn't CG, animated. CGI movie. <laughs> calling it a live action was a very much a stretch. Okay, the CGI uh, remake. They showed this, the trailer the, for uh, the Little Mermaid. I watched the trailer for Pinocchio today. Oh. Yeah. yeah, God, it it looks awful. A friend of mine who bad. friend of mine just texted me the other like yesterday. He's like, "Oh, I watched Pinocchio. It was good." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I look like the, visually, it looks terrible. It looks Robert Robert Zemeckis directed it. Yes, and but, Tom but, Hanks is Geppetto. Yeah. But uh, going back to what we talked about with the Elvis movie, how fucking annoying was Tom Hanks as the Colonel in that movie? Yeah. He it was oh he was way over the top. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be. I know, but it was it was actually quite annoying. Um, it didn't bother me. Whatever. Uh, we're also getting we saw a first. Uh, Robert Zemeckis may be able to direct it well. Maybe it's fine. But I'm saying visually, the movie yeah. looks inconsistent as hell. Like it is a disaster. <laughs> I mean, it's on film. Disney Plus, so I will watch it. I just have not yet. That's okay. I, I've watched the first hour of it. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's only it's only only like ten ten more minutes to go. Uh, I think it was like forty-five minutes or oh, so. Oh, jeez, yeah, it's too much. The yeah. original, like the original Pinocchio animated movie, is remains an absolute masterpiece of animation. Yeah. Uh, it is a amazingly animated movie, and this is not going to ma- do any favors to any of that. I know. recreate some really cool moments, and they, you know, they put it in the real world. Which, which did you cool. did you guys see the uh, Little Mermaid trailer or teaser they did? Yeah. People I've are seen freaking some out. Of the stills or whatever. It looks fine. I mean, it's a Little Mermaid, you know. It Who cares like who's it, playing? It looks, the looks like a. It looks like another Disney remake to me. Yeah, aren't they all? Yeah, they I all kind of. They all kind of look. The, you know? They all kind of look the same. It doesn't matter who directs them anymore. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move away from that and let's talk about the uh, the big panel that was on Saturday. All the Marvel, Star Wars. Indiana Jones stuff yeah, that you, came out. You, you skipped the best thing that was announced oh, on Saturday, which was the uh, Willow trailer. Well, that's what I'm about to talk about. Oh, well, that, that was, was all happening in the live action panel. panel. So I, yes, way to way to to spoil it, but yes, the sorry, best thing I they. Sh- I, didn't, I didn't realize it was cut up by live action and animation. Yeah, it's yeah. The best thing they showed in that live action panel was the Willow trailer. Yeah, it was pretty uh, good. Willow, Willow never looked so cool. Is all I all I kept on thinking. Uh, of course, my friend, uh, when I posted about it, said, "Oh, Willow from uh, from Buffy from was Buffy. the best one." I'm like, "No, but he this Willow does magic just like the one, just like Willow from Buffy, but he's the OG magic user named Willow." I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. He was he was cooler. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Willow series, um, the movie. 
I saw it so many times in the theater. I have the book series, uh, which nobody ever talks about. Um, the one done by Chris. I'm, I didn't I'm even know aware it was based of their on a existence, book. but I've never read it. It's uh, co-written by George Lucas and Chris Claremont. There's three oh, of them. Yeah, wow. I, I got I Claremont no to actually, books. I got uh, Chris Claremont to sign all three of my books at Comic Palooza last time he was there, and we had a discussion about the uh, the Willow TV series before any announcement or any kind of info was really out. Yeah. Hey, man, oh yeah, we're doing one, but that was about it. He's like, if they're not using my um, my my synopsis from my books. He was going to be pissed, is what he told me. I'm like, you might be prepared to be mad. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, it doesn't sound, sound like it. Yeah. But, yeah, Willow looks really, really cool. I'm excited for it. You think Mad Mardigan will show up? No. No. At all? No. Well, they didn't. I'm, sure yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll pay some kind of respects to Mad Mardigan in some yeah, way. Yeah, they've but, got to. But they, he will not appear in the movie. Or the show. The, uh, my RPG name that I try to use in like almost all video games is Ass Hattigan, based off <laughs> Mad, Hardigan, Mad Mardigan. <laughs> and a lot of games recently have not let me do that. But another game that <laughs> I installed through the uh, Game Pass was like Disney Dreamlight Valley, whatever it's called, what which is very much is like that? A, Everyone's going on about this. It's, thing right now. it's like an Animal Crossing style game. It's very minimal. It's very. Not a lot to it. You go around doing Why favors. Why is it sixty five dollars? It's not. There, I guess it's, there's some version that comes with a bunch of extra shit you don't need. But I was able to create as Hattigan in that game. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, welcome to the world of uh, Disney as Hattigan. There you go. It, it's canon now. Um, but yeah, Willow looks okay. really cool. The, the ultimate edition is seventy dollars yeah. on Steam. I think the regular version that comes out on Game Pass is like thirty bucks or something like that. Yeah, the core game it looks like is thirty. It's a Game Loft game, so you know this is like one of their first forays into like actually doing like um, you know console games from cell phone games. Um, all right, so let's talk about Indiana Jones Five. We didn't get to see anything, but we got to hear about it. And no, Short Round is not in it. People are freaking out on the internet because. Harrison Ford and Kehui Kwan mm-hmm. had a photo together. And there was some article that were like, confirmed, short round in Indiana Jones. And I'm like, no, that's fake news. Sorry, guys. False. Someone's just jumping the gun, that's all. Yeah. One of the things that keeps impressing me about the headlines that I see about this, I haven't, I haven't really read about it, but I keep seeing these headlines that are talking about that Harrison Ford gave like an emotional... Uh, you, I, I saw that introduction to, and I'm like, Harrison Ford emoted something in real life. <laughs> this is what he, you gotta like, you gotta understand. He he hates Star Wars, loves Indiana Jones. He loves I know he's Indiana like, Jones, <laughs> but he's a star but of in it. general. In general, though, when he's not acting, he's like one of the least emotive people I've seen. No, like, I, I saw the clip you're talking about, and he does. He he breaks down and cries. Huh. Uh, it's pro- probably he knows that's the last time he'll ever be able to. Really portray he, that character. He said the movie is very, uh, is, is a, has a really good emotional journey. For it's the a character. human story, is what he said. Yeah. 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 So I'm looking forward to it. I don't care that he's 80 years old. He's still Indiana Jones to me. I think he's Indiana Jones to everybody because there isn't going to be another one. They tried and that failed. They tried to push it down our throat, but 
Shia LaBeouf, uh, yeah. He LaBeouf, he, he LaBeoufed it up. <laughs> he did. Um, what, was there any other thing that, um, okay, so we can skip Avatar. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for Avatar. Are you really? I am, yeah. I'm going to pull a Giorgio. Are you really? I'm actually planning to go see it when they re-release it in theaters. I'm Are you? To, yeah, I think I'm going to go see it in uh, IMAX 3D if I can. If I can. Okay. Well, you have fun. I saw Jaws in IMAX last weekend. Yeah, was that, that cool? was that cool? That was cool. Uh, I feel like it was kind of like missed uh, timing. They should have done that for the July Fourth weekend. Yeah, right. We're gonna open. We're gonna keep these. We're gonna keep these theaters open during July Fourth, man. No matter yeah, what. That's right. Uh, I didn't see it in 3D, but I did see it in IMAX, which is a lot of fun. Uh, cool. Let's talk about some of the uh, the Marvel live action stuff. They they showed a couple trailers, and then they talked about other stuff that we didn't get to see, but they showed off to the audience. Let's talk about the first thing, which was Werewolf and Night. Werewolf you guys all watched by the trailer. Night. Werewolf by Night, yeah. What did you think of the trailer? Looks cool. Looks like... It looks, uh, uh, it looks potentially really fun or really shitty. It uh, looks it, it looks like a 60s Hammer horror movie. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they, they're really ripping off of the old school Universal Monster uh, vibe. Yes, yeah, the, the Hammer horror movies. They're... It, it, I, I'm I'm digging the style that they're going, and it's not it's not a full series. It's just like a one-off Halloween special, and it's directed by Michael Giacchino. 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 Sorry, it's okay. Sorry, Mike. Uh, this is also based off of a comic book, right? It is. Uh, yeah. Werewolf by and, Night and a video game, if I'm not mistaken. No, you're thinking of the Werewolf: The Vasquerade, which is based off of pen and paper That's game. A- that's a, yeah, that's a tabletop RPG. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Werewolf by Night. He, now, uh, he now, was like, there have been other versions of it, but it started out as a tabletop yeah. RPG. Werewolf by Night, he's a character that he, there was a lot of uh, uh, correlation with uh, Moon Knight. So I'm like wondering if Moon Knight will show up. Probably not. Maybe. No one, already, cared. No one cared enough. <laughs> Uh, they also showed the trailer for. Um, oh, we actually got to see the trailer for Secret Invasion. Oh, really? I haven't seen yeah. that trailer yet. Yeah, watch it afterwards. It's pretty cool. Um, they don't spoil a lot, but they show uh, some cool stuff. Cool. I'm, I'm excited for that series. It does, looks like does it look like Agents of Shield? It does not. It looks very espionagey. Okay, if that's a word, but I'm using it. Okay. Uh, Samuel Jackson's back. You know, Maria Hill's back. Um, Rhodey is back in it. Um, there's a couple other surprises. Martin Freeman's back. But doesn't War Machine get his own TV show? Yeah, Armor Wars is coming out. Yeah, they didn't show anything from that. Um, but I don't know. It looks it looks cool. I'm gonna definitely watch it. But I watch them all anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's true that. Uh huh. Um. What about Santa Claus's? No, that's not a that's not a Marvel movie. It's a Disney show. Um, let's talk about let's. There's, they did show <laughs> some cool stuff though. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. They showed I guess footage, and you got to see uh, Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. Looking I didn't forward to see that. any of that. We, it's not public yet. Oh. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson is coming back to the new Captain America movie. He was the leader in one of the uh, the non-canonized Hulk movies. So that's pretty cool. 
And uh, there's a girl, her name is Shira, Shira Haas. Uh, she's going to be playing in his, his, the, an Israeli uh, superhero. I can't think of her name right now, but um, in Fantastic Four, no casting, but they said that Matt Shackman is going to be directing it. He's the one who did the uh, WandaVision series. Right. I thought they announced that already, though. That No, it was uh, the guy who... It was originally the guy who was direct, who directed the last uh, Spider-Man movie, but he dropped out of it. No, I feel like I've heard about this news like a couple of weeks ago, but I could be wrong. Um, and then the other big news was the actual announcement of the cast for Thunderbolt. Do you know anything about it yet? The Thunderbolts? Yes. The anti-Avengers, basically? Or Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad? Yeah, I, I, yeah pretty much. Yeah. So we, I know we've had this discussion on the show before who we were expecting to be on it, but... Um, so you're going to have um, – so Florence Pugh is back as uh, Yelena. I guess she's going to be like the leader of the of the crew. Uh, she's not going to be playing the Black Widow character? She is. Okay. It's all the characters from the other – from all the movies previously, you know. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is, you know, Valentina. I'm sure she's going to be like – she's like the uh, – who's the girl who runs Suicide Squad? Oh, uh, I forget her name. But I know yeah, you're talking about. she's her. Uh, so Taskmaster is back. Um, U.S. Agent John Walker, uh, Ghost from the last uh, Ant Man and the Wasp movie, um, and Bucky Barnes is on the team because so, they had to fill out that roster with somebody, I guess. I mean, come on, everybody! Everybody loves uh, the Winter Soldier. Sure. Maybe I don't think he's going to talk to his penis in this movie, but. <laughs> Maybe they can work know. that. In. Maybe they can work that in. I don't know. I don't know. I think the I think the lineup what is pretty the, cool. Oh, and reference? then was that a reference to the Tommy Lee thing? It was yeah. a reference yeah. to the Pam and Tommy show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know a Marvel related comment. No, I've, I obviously. So I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck did that mean?" <laughs> oh, and uh, David Harbour is coming back. Is the Red Guardian? Yes. Red Guardian. That's his name. Yeah. That's cool. I, I'm excited for it. Wonder who they're going to be fighting though? Themselves. I think they're going to be fighting Baron Zemo. Maybe. I don't know. Hopefully, Baron Zemo has another dance number in this one. I. They announced the cast of the new Dancing with the Stars on like that Disney, uh, like the Disney Plus Day or whatever it was. I'm like, they are missing out by not having Baron Zemo on that show. <laughs> I mean, that would be so cool. <laughs> Um, well, if you have Bucky Barnes, it makes sense that you put Baron Zemo in there. But him yeah. and Baron Zemo were kind of cool, though. They became kind of like friends. Right. But, you know, Bucky Barnes was against U.S. Agent at one point. They fought. So now they're together on a team. I, I, I have I have faith in what they're doing with it. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see some footage. I think that's a that's the major news. Was there anything I'm I'm missing you guys wanted to talk talk about? The first Mickey Mouse game out where he has all oh, his yeah. friends, yeah, like the four-player like action yeah, four, game. yeah, four-player action called Illusion Island or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. Uh, the the Marvel and Disney video game, you know, thing they did. I didn't see that. It was cool. The Illusion Island piqued my interest, though. It looked a lot it's of like fun. It's like a party game, you know. Yeah. Not like a not like a. 
uh, Smash Bros or anything like that, but more it of look, like a, it looks more like a side scroller game. Yeah, like a side scroller. Yeah, exactly. And they announced that uh, Marvel Midnight Suns is actually coming out December second, which people were thinking that was pushed back till next year, but coming out. And that's the uh, the Firaxis game, the ones who do like XCOM and all that. Mm. It looks fun. I'm not a huge tactical game fan, but I'm interested in that because one of the main characters in the game is Magic, and I love that character. Well, there you go. What about you, Sean? Were there any anything we talked about that is exciting to you? I know you're you're not caught up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that's okay. We won't yeah, hold I, it I against am, you. I have no idea. Um, about anything that happened at this event. Is this like, so there's like a E3 type thing? It's a Disney's fan event. Um, it's them stroking their own backs, patting their own backs, stroking their own um, phallic <laughs> symbols, whatever you want to say. It's uh-huh. a, they, I went to the one in 2013 and it was a lot of fun. It's basically this, a big convention to show off yes. all the upcoming stuff. Well, not only that, it's just a fan fan event, really, is what it ultimately started as. And it turned into this whole, you know, event where they, they have to, just like Comic-Con, it's turned into an event like that, you know, mm-hmm. where they yeah. have to, you know, show off the newest and the best. But just the show floor and all that kind of stuff is just so much fun. I would love to go back. Some of the uh, stuff that they were selling on the show floor looked really cool that I saw on Twitter. Yes. I've been watching a lot of uh, vloggers like Adam the Woo. He did a couple of really cool ones. He just walks the show floor. And there's Super 7 has a Willow exclusive for D23. Like, I want that one. That that would be a cool figure. But um, I did watch the, the, parks, uh, the parks panel today. And I've got to say, I was very, I don't Excited. know if I was underwhelmed. I was excited. Loved, I loved every second. Every second. I was. I was just very whelmed. They didn't. They talked a lot about some Disneyland stuff. There's some new stuff coming. Not a lot of Disney World stuff at all. They said there was like a Figment meet and greet coming. Everybody's like, "Oh, they're doing Figment. They're going to redo." Nope, not redoing Journey yet. Which they need to, because the version that we have out there is horrible. No, um, it's not. It's not great. It's not great. I. I'm a fan of the. I've been on the original. I love the original. It's not. It's nothing like the original. Um, they announced a lot of stuff for like some of the overseas parks. Like three of them are getting all new Frozen Lands, uh, Peter Pan, Tangled, all this new stuff. Um, Space Mountains being redone in Tokyo, things like that, you know. And then at the end is where they confused everybody. They're like, we're going to talk about stuff that we want to do. Uh, we're going to talk about blue sky stuff. They brought a couple Imagineers out that we're talking with Josh tomorrow. And it was very confusing because they're like, oh, this is stuff that we want to do, but nothing's confirmed. They actually had like, you know, concept art of some of the stuff. But what annoyed me is like all of the, I saw all these articles come out afterwards, like confirmed Zootopia is at Animal Kingdom and, and Encanto is behind. I'm like, no, they didn't confirm any of this stuff. They just talked about it that they, could do it and they might do it it was a very weird thing to do i guess they were trying to you know they were trying to pull the they're curtain trying back. to gauge they're they're it's market yeah. research they're throwing it, it a is. bunch of shit out and seeing what sticks to the wall of the fan base they're talking about this area at magic kingdom behind uh behind beyond big thunder mountain railroad they want to do like an Encanto and coco area 
with some sort of combined in a little weird area. Um, and then Dino Land, they're, they're trying to replace with like a Moana area or Zootopia. They were like, I guess you're right. They were gauging which one would do better, Zootopia or Moana. Yeah. I mean. They had a, uh, when uh, I was at Disneyland several years ago, yeah. was it 2019, I guess? Uh, they were just finishing up like a temporary Coco themed area of the like Pixar pier. Oh really? And and it was nice. It looked really cool. And like, I think that, I think that doing something with that is viable. Sure. I mean, the, the, the Dio, the Dia de los Muertos is like, it's, it's a cool aesthetic. Yeah. I know people, some people get annoyed by that, but uh, I think there could be a cool area of the park. They have a little party area like that. Um, oh, so they announced Tron Light Cycle will open spring of 23. Yeah. They're, they're doing testing. So I'm looking at that right now. Yeah. And then they showed a lot and then not a lot, a lot, but they, they have the model and stuff of the princess and the frog redo of splash mountain called Tiana's Bayou adventure. Bayou adventure. I think. Yeah. I mean the, the lighting and the, projection mapping they showed on the outside looked really cool and they showed some of the character designs and that type of stuff i mean am i excited for it okay yeah sure i mean i'm definitely gonna go on it they're gonna have the uh musical review of uh we belong together pixar that's where's that at going to be it doesn't say i can't tell if it's going to be disneyland or or on the cruise it's hard to see in this picture and they show they did show a lot of the uh, the redesigned Toontown at Disneyland. They're they're opening up the uh, Runaway Railway there. Yeah, which is really cool. Does that mean they're going to replace uh, Roger, Roger Rabbit? Rabbit? No, yeah, that, Roger that Rabbit. ride is that ride is staying there. It's just uh, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting because I, I I saw the 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 models they have of these new areas, but I don't I can't quite figure out where Roger Rabbit fits into the model because they don't show it on the models, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's still there. They said it's not going away. It's just... I mean, there's a big fountain in front of it, which I think they're changing, so... I don't know. But you're going to Disney World in, like, what, two weeks, right? Yep. How long are you going for? Uh, seven days. Wow. You excited? Yeah, I'm very excited. We're going to be... Your wallet, uh, is your wallet hurting yet? Well, it's been prepaid for, so... I, still... I've, I've been trying to go on this uh, vacation for two years now, so now yeah, that I, I get to finally go, it's exciting. You get to go to Disney and not wear a mask and all that stuff, not like not like me. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, not like crazy or anything, or no one acts like an asshole. They will. Yeah, but we'll see. It's 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 the public. It's the people are going to be like that. It's okay. <laughs> uh, what are you excited for the most? Uh, really, all the new rides that I've never ridden. Uh, like the, the last time you went was last time we went together, right? Like, yeah, like six years ago. Six years yeah. ago, yeah. yeah. Seven years now. Uh, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. It's like six or seven years. But uh, the new Guardians ride, the new Mickey Mouse ride, uh, the Ratatouille ride. Oh, yeah. Um, I, haven't, I haven't been on that either. Basically, the chance to experience Galaxy's Edge and not be sick would be great. <laughs> Be careful what you eat. <laughs> um, did you yeah. do Rise of the Resistance? I can't remember. Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, you did. I I, st- I powered through everything I wanted to do in sure. Disneyland when I went, even though I was sick. But now you can experience and not and not feel terrible. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm excited about that. That sounds like it's going to be fun. 
I'm jealous that you get to go on Guardians because I really want to go on that attraction. I will. I will take pictures and let you know how it goes. I know. You're gonna. Uh, I'll be at work that day. And you're gonna, just gonna make me jealous. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. It's all right. Cool. I'm well. I'm glad you're going, man. I, I wish you have a good time. We'll have I to do a, a trip report when you get back. Absolutely. I'll right. I'll break down and tell you all the nitty gritties. Speaking of a trip report, let's uh let's travel to Middle Earth. You guys ready? I was mm-hmm. always ready. Um. I don't know how we're going to do this, but here's, here's what I was thinking. I am not the expert. I've seen all the Lord of the Rings movies. I've never really read the books, um, so I don't know that aspect of, of, of fandom. But uh, let's talk about the, the series. Three episodes of, are out so far. Lord of the Rings, pow, the Rings of Power, right? That's the name yeah, of it? Rings of Power, yeah. yeah. Rings of Power. Uh, let's, let's just go roundtable style. What does everybody their the reactions to the show so far let's start with george uh i loved it i think it's great it's i'd never realized how much i've been itching for a high fantasy show until uh rings of power came out uh i've i always do like fantasy and game of thrones helped out with that for a little bit but i'm not that itch a little bit huh yeah but it's not great i'm not loving the new game of thrones show but I've been excited for the Rings of Power show on, on top of that, knowing that it's cost over a billion dollars at this point to make. You, you can tell. Uh, yeah. It, like every cent of that dollar went to that. And the fact that true nerds are really behind this show is kind of cool. Um, I, I love the like horror feeling. The first two episodes had had some really great horror scenes in it. Uh, Man, a, a lot of that had to do with J.A. Bayona. Who? Jay Bayona. He was a show producer and a director of the first two episodes. Who is that exactly? Is he? Did he do some horror stuff? Or yeah, he did um, the orphanage, and I think he also directed oh. the monster uh, monster calls. Okay. Okay. And, interesting. And awesome. uh, he also directed the uh, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, Jurassic World movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The way um, that they the way they introduced the orcs in the series, I was like, this is creepy as hell. Like, yeah, no shit. It was it was, it was fucking like, whoa, what yeah. the fuck moment. Uh, there wasn't a lot of orcs in the first two episodes, though, were there? No, but they let it flow. Yeah, third one, they were like, it's like it. cats out of the bag at this point. Orcs yeah. must be crazy, like, cause there they are, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I really dug it. I like the world building that they did in all of episode one and two, and I I I've, it feels simultaneously like it can fit in uh, Peter Jackson's world, but at the same time, it feels unique on its own. Um. So yeah, I I really enjoy it. I I think it's really cool. I feel a little times I had I had to rewatch episode one. Cause I felt a little lost after watching it for the first time. I was like, yeah. what's going on? I am a little lost on the timeline. It's, it's that whole thing about, yeah, about you're introduced to a new thing and then all the new characters and all that. Well, the fact that it's a TV show and I feel like they have a lot of ground to cover. So they're just like hurrying, hurrying you to get you to the meat of the story, I guess. How many episodes is there in this show? I think season one's going to have eight episodes, but okay. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's only eight. But anyway, I, I've I've enjoyed every minute so far. It's uh, I, I like the way it looks. I I like the characters. There are a lot of fun 
I know there's some controversy going on on the internet, but fuck them. Who cares? What controversy? I, 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 yeah, exactly. I, I really, it's, I didn't, no, I didn't no, really I, look into it, but. What, Dave? It's stupid. It's the same reactionary bullshit anytime anything comes out that isn't pasty, pasty white. It's. Are they complaining not, that some of the people are black? Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Come yes. on. I don't uh, know. It, the, I, I didn't. It didn't bother me at all. So it doesn't detract anything at all from the storytelling. It's, the uh, the dwarves, man, are some of the best characters in the show so far. I really love when Elrond shows up and yes. talks to the dwarves. I, I like. Like you could feel. I'm not going to spoil too much, but you could feel there's like some kind of kinship there, and it's great. Is that Elrond Hubbard? Yes. Okay. So, real quick, uh, somebody, uh, I think it was a local comic shop, they posted this thing. It's a trigger a fan base with one sentence. And I liked my comment. I said, I enjoyed something. That's enough to trigger a whole, a whole fan base. That'll do it. <laughs> it's true. All right. Uh, Sean, what did you think of the show? Let's get your opinion. Uh, I'm loving it so far. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm saying so far because you know, like I I love the first three episodes of Wheel of Time, and then you know that was an eight episode season one, and then by the time that. they got to the the last episode of that season, I was like, ah, oh, they made some weird choices towards the end of the season. That was Amazon too, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, so far I really like what they've done. The last episode, I freaked out when they showed, um, spoiler alert, they showed uh, Numenor. Which yeah. I, in oh, my mind, I, I, I have I have tried yeah. to visualize what Numenor would look like a thousand times, and and yeah. theirs blew my conception away. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it was thrill. It was amazing to see a visual. They didn't because because the the rights they the money they spent on the series, a quarter billion of it was just to procure the rights. Yeah. to the to the work. Oh, really? But they but they don't have the rights to the first age. This gets really dicey because they. See, this did is why include, I brought you here, Sean, because you know all these details. I have. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, the like in the very first episode, you see them in um, Valinor. Yes. So okay. the Silmarillion deals with Valinor. Oh, you get so they don't considerable, have the rights to that stuff. No, they don't. They only have not, rights oh, to like, the appendices of stuff. That does yeah, but, create but, a problem. But through it? through the appendices, they can address certain things about the first age so they no. can address that Morgoth destroyed was, the two trees. I, I, okay, noticed in the, I noticed in the credits that it said based on books and appendices by, uh, explain Tolkien, to, uh, it didn't people say what the appendices the are so, for okay, so the, like the, the last, like if you get a copy of return of the King, uh-huh. the last book of the Lord of the Rings series, uh, the last like third of that book is appendices okay um, it's 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 notes it's um mm. uh extrapolations and explanations uh of stuff that you that you glanced over the surface of as you read through lord of the rings because tolkien had a, a, a lot. very rich and deeply thought out history of the entire world and uh, tolkien uh, is the name of the character on south park now official oh yeah not token it's tolkien um, but that's, that's, those are the appendices. There's a okay. lot of information in them. Uh, so that's I, I was wondering about that, that it didn't specifically say that it was based off of the Silmarillion. And that's part of what I found was 
strange. I didn't realize that. So they're that they're taking they're, they're I think riding New, New Line still has the rights to the Cimmerillion, I think. So they're riding okay. the, these this series based on just the appendices and in this creating like extrapolating and creating their own storyline. Is that what's going on? They're filling in the blanks, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that makes in, sense. in the as far as I understand it, the Tolkien family owns the rights to the Silmarillion because Christopher Tolkien, before he passed away, swore he would never sell it. And so that's upholding their wishes. Um, I think. I don't know if that's the no, case. That, that, that could they, be right. I thought I heard that uh, New Line still had the right from the uh, from their Lord of the Rings deal. And that was like, yeah, a, I thought, like a prequel book, right? I it's thought that, sort of, that the sort of, it's like, a, it's like it's the, Bible. the history textbook of of Lord of the okay. Rings. Like it's, it, it's not a prequel in the sense that it's a, a story that happened before the story. It is a, it's a history textbook of oh. the whole world. It's, gotcha. Uh, yeah. I the mean, it's narrative there. Are, it's, there's a narrative structure to it, but it's, it's a history text. Doesn't and Blind Guardian write some of the concept about Nightfall and Middle Earth is, is all stuff from the Silmarillion. Okay. Yeah, like vignettes from the Silmarillion. Yeah. And the, and the Silmarillion spans like tens of thousands of years. Like it spans yeah. the entire first age and then briefly covers the second age, like the entirety of the second age. Pretty Which much. Which is what, to, to clarify, uh, we're in the second age in Rings of Power. In the third yeah. age is the movie? Third Lord age of the is when the, yes, yeah. Okay, there was a video game called Lord of the Rings, the third age, I think. It was like a RPG game. Which makes sense now. Okay. I'm caught yeah, up. Basically, <laughs> basically, the end of the second age is the last alliance of men and elves yeah. going to overthrow Sauron. Like the the intro, the very first scene you see in Fellowship of the Ring, the movie, is basically the end of the second, the age. Of the second age. Oh, you're you're totally no, no, you're totally right. They're uh, they said they were trying to obtain the rights to the Cimmerillion, but they will not sell uh, right now. They're holding the rights to not sell. But based on the Amazon show, that could change. <laughs> so, so I remember there was somebody uh, saying Amazon. "Into the Storm," right in the in the show. Did you guys catch that? I don't remember who said it or when. But I'm like, oh, that's like the Blind Guardian song. That's where probably created <laughs> from. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um. So, and to to add to like how much history there is here, the first age is also nowhere near the beginning of the world. That's simply the first age of the sun. That's the first age since there was since the world was lit by sunlight. There was a whole period of history prior to that where the light of the world came from the trees of Valinor. Um, right, and like there's a whole there's a whole piece of history where that is the case, and so Which, that precedes the first age. They show the yeah. the tree of Valinor in the show too. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, they show a brief image of both of the trees, and then like the image of Morgoth over them. They can't show. Yeah. What actually happened, which is him and Ungoliant, the monstrous spider destroying the trees. Yeah. They do talk a violation. About it, they, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, like, it's interesting because they don't mention any of the Boari. Those names belong to the Silmarillion, so that'd be violating the rights. Um, they don't have access to that material, but they can mention the name Boar, they can mention Valinor, they can mention the trees, they can mention Morgoth. And of course, Galadriel, because she carries over throughout the entirety yeah. of the series. So, just so people get an idea, I mean, I'm sure everyone here knows, like who is listening, but like Galadriel's so old that she was around when the trees were the source mm-hmm. of light for the entire world, not the sun. 
So she, that's how long she, so whenever she tells Elrond in that first episode, like you haven't seen what I've seen, she basically means like, bitch, you haven't seen a f- like anything compared to what I've seen. I, I was here she's like a like centuries great. older than him. Like uh, not even centuries. Like she's, I, if you calculate, like, like she's like old, millennia older than him. Yeah, like, it'd be like tens of thousands of years how older. How is than that him. possible? Because she's just an elf, right? No, she's not well, just an elf. No, elves. She, elves are function in Lord of the Rings uh, in Tolkien's universe. Elves are functionally immortal, except like they do not age. Uh, they or they don't die from age or illness. They can be killed in battle, okay. and they can die. They can die of grief. They can basically become mentally ill enough that they become depressed and they can die from a broken heart. They can die of a broken heart. Yes, they can. But, but outside of that, they're functionally, they're functionally immortal. Um, they're, they're actually referred to as such. They're really referred to as immortal. Well, the conversation that, uh, Elrond has with, uh, the dwarf guy, which are in. Yeah. They basically, they talk about how he doesn't understand the, his lapse of time and, how yeah. it, how it hurts the people that they become in contact because it was, well, was twenty years for them, but it was like nothing for the elf, right? For Elrond, yeah, right, right, right. Well, and uh, again on Galadriel and, and her age when she's she's talking to I'm going blank on his name the the guy she's with in Numenor, um, Halstead or whatever. Oh, yeah. Halbrand. Halbrand. Thank you, Halbrand. Well, she's he's talking about you know all the people that he's lost, and she's like, it would take me the entire rest of your lifetime to name all of the people that I've lost. You yeah. see that um, mountain like, of bones she puts up on the fucking the beginning <laughs> of the show. So yeah, and and she and like she's she's not being hyperbolic there a whole lot. Like it's not like she's she's making a hyperbolic point, but like it's a valid one. Like she's the that thing- old. The thing that always chills me is like when you think about like if you read the Silmarillion, you realize that there was a point where they had captured Morgoth, right? They had dragged mm-hmm. him back in chains from his fortress at Atumno, dragged him to Valinor, and he was put on trial and everyone that you know watched this trial and he was basically put into the void, released back, and he was on like parole basically in Valinor, walking around amongst everyone, like you know, people like Galadriel and stuff. So she knew him. At yeah. that point, as like just a guy walking around or some sort of so explain to me was Morgoth what was Morgoth? He wasn't a Morgoth a demon was one of or the anything? Valar. So he was just the, way the, the, cause, the, gods, the way the cosmology works is there's uh, and you can you can see some of Tolkien's Christian theology in this, but there there is a there's a one God who is the source of everything, and he creates what become known as the Valar that are they're essentially the gods of the world. He creates them and has them sing a song for him. And they're not aware of it, but as they're singing the song, they're creating the world. The world is a product of the song that they sing. And uh, Morgoth is one of them, and he sang discord into the song because he was he was jealous and selfish. I can't remember what all of his motivations were, but it was this kind of devilish character. And so he sings discord into the world. Then the Eru, the one, gives the Valar dominion over the part of the world that they created. And so because Morgoth sang the discordant parts of the world, Morgoth is put in charge of the, the evil fell things in the world, essentially. So 
Morgoth is functionally a god. Uh, they're kind of angels, kind of gods. Yeah, like like gods or demigods or he he was basically the brother of Manwe, who was the he's basically considered the high king of Arda, the the god of gods on Earth. Okay. Um, but basically, if you look at Sauron, Sauron was lieutenant to Morgoth. Mm-hmm. Like he Morgoth saved. was his his master. He's a, basically. He's a he was the first Dark Lord. And that's where um, they keep on alluding to in the show. Is it? Is it the? Is it like sort of like the creation of the evilness of Sauron? Uh, he's already been around at this point. Yeah. So yeah, so Morgoth uh, also Mel- he was Melkor as well, but he was known as Morgoth. Like you said, he's like the 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 ranking evil force in the world, ma- malevolent <laughs> force. And so the the Valar who are like the highest order uh they are all given uh assistant lesser gods that are the Maiar that are underneath them sauron is one of those to morgoth um but at this point uh sauron is basically becoming almost equal in power to morgoth is would you compare sauron to like satan or would it be morgoth we've more satan Morgoth functionally works more. Uh, if we're making a, a direct parallel to Christian theology, Morgoth functions yeah. more like Satan does. Because and he Morgoth, rebels. And Morgoth yeah. is a pretty good band, too. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? The, the meme that's uh, <laughs> Tolkien names a place, black metal bands? It's free real estate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Tolkien black metal name <laughs> creator. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a little bit. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff I don't know. This is why. I mean, I, I love the. I'm loving the show. I'll, I'll, I'll preface that. The third episode with the orcs was great. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I remember that the one character that was fighting them. Um, it's just Arnir. Yes. Or, yeah. The the whole the or, whole. Yeah. <laughs> That whole thing they did with like the water ration, I'm like, what are they? Yeah. Why are they being nice? I'm like, there's something up here, and yeah, they were. That was Dave. Uh, you didn't get to give your thoughts about the show. What no, did you no, think? We're gonna go back to him. Oh, okay, I was telling my thoughts, dude. Oh well, I thought you were gonna go last since you uh, didn't care. What do you mean I don't care? I, I don't know, dude. I'm just, I'm just pushing it along here. Okay, I care. I, I care a lot, but okay. Um, that, that, that was it. I mean, I'm really enjoying the show and the reason I really wanted, you know, Dave and Sean on here was to help explain this backstory to me, which, you know, it's the only bad thing about the show is a lot of people who don't know or who aren't huge. I'm not going to call I'm not saying nerds or geeks or anything, but don't know all these intricate details might just, they just watch the show and it's lost on them. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. You see that absolutely. that that distinction, like right that. That's why I think the show is so successful so far because I know a lot of people who have not read the books and they're into Me. the show. Yes. And, and and the and the thing is, it's not a book. You know, like if you are have a you know all these nerds online who are complaining about the show, like bitching about one thing, which is I think a kind of a disguise for their fucking racism. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, um, it absolutely is. That's like, just called fandom, if you, dude. Like if if you're, yeah, if you're I think, I think fans about, are just upset about everything these days. Like a lot of them are complaining about like how oh, they made Galadriel the main character when she wasn't really a main character in the Silmarillion. It's like, dudes, they're adapting a 
like piece of literature that was unfilmable. <laughs> you could not adapt that into a screenplay. So they have locked in an audience. My my hope is that most of like people who subscribe to Amazon Prime are just like, oh cool, like Lord of the Rings show. I'll watch this. Oh cool, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this character seems cool. Like this show, you know, is is action packed and stuff. And that's what it's all about. It's like when I was a kid. I remember wishing for a high fantasy show like this. Yeah. And the only option was like Xena and fucking Hercules with Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> you know? Beastmaster. And, You're a Beastmaster? Oh, yeah. Maybe like the adventures of Sinbad. And, and I would have dreamed of a show like this. Okay, and you said high it. fantasy, dude. That's not. Okay, those are the low fantasy shows. This is high fantasy. But, but, but back then, that's all we had. Yeah, exactly. That was the closest thing you had to it. And so the fact that we have this now and then people are just finding any little thing to where they have to shut down the reviews for this because it's getting review bombed. Like the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes are in the 80s. The user scores are in the 30s because you have these these bitches who can't accept like yes. that. Hey, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. But they want to take it down. So like, oh, like maybe Amazon will pull the plug on it. But guys, they spent a billion dollars on the show. They're, They're doing not pulling five the plug. seasons of the show. Yeah. But you 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 called it, dude, and we're not afraid to say it. That's they. A lot of people don't like it because, okay, oh my, oh my God, they have an African American person playing this character. Who cares? They find yeah. pe- They find the right actors to play the characters to play the right part. It doesn't matter what or who they are. That's part that annoys me about all kinds of fandom. People like what happened with Star Wars. So you know, was like. Kelly Marie Tran and all this kind of shit. It's just so toxic in it. And I'm just over that, that portion of it, dude. I, I really am. It's just a lot, really a lot of what's feeling all this stuff is that I don't want to hijack the conversation with this talk, but like, no, please. It's, it's that it's that you have these far right people co-opting the show as a talking point to press the narrative that like, Oh, see, they're coming for Lord of the Rings now with the woke stuff. It's like, <laughs> first of all, like you shouldn't well, be so easily grifted by these YouTubers on who have their like right wing agendas. First of all, second of all, like if you look at the makeup of because Lord of the Rings is supposed to be a, basically a history of Britain, like Tolkien intended it to be his version of what a history of like a deep mythology of Britain a would be, would look like. Britain, well, yeah. look at England and look at Britain today. Like, what is the makeup of that country? It looks pretty multicultural. Yes, the, the national dish is chicken tiki masala. So fuck everyone. Right, it's, that, it's curry, like, right? It's, it's a national. It should be all white. And I'll tell you what, I've been reading Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion since I was a kid. And when the movies came out, I love the movies. I mean, there was not a single person of color in the movies. That didn't bother me at the time. I accepted it. But right now, it feels great to be able to look at that show and go, oh, oh look, an elf has my skin color. That's kind of cool for me. Like, not it's, a, it's, it's, like a, it's inspiring, though, it's not, for, for it's, young it's kids. It's not a deal too, right? breaker. Like, no. It's not a deal breaker for you, but it's just more like, yeah, they're showing the Harfoots, and there's like Asian Harfoots and black Harfoots and white yes. Harfoots. It's like... Oh, you know what? By the way, Lord of the Rings, the, the entire point of that fucking book was that multicultural like alliances defeat like a, a voice of evil that is concerned about oneness, like the, right. the evil of yeah, oneness, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. So, uh, two yeah. questions for you guys before we move on uh, to other opinions. Uh, you mentioned the Hardfoots, right? Are those the the original like hobbits? They're like they're the ancestral ancestors. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of there. There are several different breeds of because hobbits are from Hobbiton, right? So these are from other another area type of deal, but the same. 
if I remember right, the Harfoots are the name of a clan with, of, of hobbits. So basically hobbits sort of descended from har, Harfoots. Harfoots. What okay. happens is the, the a, a clan of Harfoots decided to settle and not be settle. nomads. Exactly, yeah. With the Harfoots, okay. they're like a nomadic version of Hobbits. Yeah, right. Okay, and the second question, I didn't realize that, uh, so different continents or whatever, they're called different things. I just thought it was all Middle Earth. No. No. Okay. Middle Earth is a, is a, specific, is a specific continent. Yes. And it's not even the entirety of that continent. There was actually... This isn't going to get into any of that, but there was actually there's actually a whole piece of the continent that isn't there anymore. Uh, the oh, the wow. big chunk of the continent at 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 a point in history falls into the ocean essentially, huh, yeah. like California uh, and and New, <laughs> Numenor, uh, Numenor, the island uh, nation that they arrived. Yes, at, um, spoiler alert: it's Atlantis. Um, so version of the, yeah, shit's going to go down. Like, I don't know if they're going to get into it in this show, but Numenor sinks as well. Yeah. And Numenor was a gift from the Valar to the race of men for helping defeat Morgoth at the end of the first stage. Yeah. They mentioned that in the, in the show. Well, okay, cool. Um, going back, I mean, I'm really digging the show. So thank you for some of these, uh, (laughs) details. So, Dave, we never really got your opinion like George alluded to earlier. What do you think um, of the show? I haven't completely decided yet. Um, if like I, I'm enjoying it. I, I don't feel super jazzed about it, and some of that may just be my own state over the last few days. But uh, that, that that may just be a me problem. Uh, <laughs> I. It, it's not anything really to do with criticisms of the show so much. I'm, I'm pretty much enjoying what I'm seeing. Um, I haven't completely decided what I think of the, some of the performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I really love the Gladriel performance yet. Uh, I haven't really decided same, same with Elrond, but he is growing on me. Uh, when they when he first showed up on screen, and they're like, "Oh, Lord Elrond," I was like, "That's not Elrond. That's not. Elrond. <laughs> That's not Hugo Weaving." <laughs> it, he looks it's like not even a... that it wasn't. It wasn't even that it wasn't Hugo Weaving. It was just on first sight, and like the and when he first starts talking and stuff, I'm like, "This, I'm not buying him as Elrond." But he looks like, like Matt Smith by, to me. By episode three. Um, when he is doing his thing, when he goes to Casa Doom and is doing his diplomat thing with the dwarves, I'm like, I, okay, I'm, I like him. Uh, he's, I like him a lot. He's great. Um, I think Prince Doran is one of my favorite characters so far. Absolutely. I, I really liked his relationship between him and his wife were so, so good. Oh, they were great. Yeah. Prince Doran the, is the, the, the dwarf. dwarf. The dwarf yeah. prince. Yeah. Do, people were complaining about the his wife too. Like, oh, she has a beard. I'm like, she's a fucking dwarf. Dwarf women have beards. Who cares? Hello. She had a beard. She has like she has wispy like a uh, oh, sideburns. Oh, that's not a beard. That's but that is that is how they are described. I was I was kind of upset that they showed a lot of women with no beards. I was like, where's the women with the beards? Her facial hair is sort of like your George's. They don't it's like, not really there that much. They they're described, if I recall correctly, it's been a while, uh, decades. But as I recall, uh, the w- women dwarves um, have facial hair, but it's not full. 
beards like the men have. The, like it. the men, yeah. the men, it's it's very it's very much a cultural Epic. like point of point of pride to have a a full, very decorative, very lustrous beard. The women also have facial hair, but it doesn't have the same cultural weight to it. But no, it is accurate that Doran's wife has facial hair. Newsflash: most women have facial most, hair. They just yeah, big like. <laughs> no, yeah, you're you're not wrong. You're you're absolutely right. Um, like, I think that's a thing. But yeah, I think um, when they when they when the show got to Casa Doom, uh, I really liked that whole sequence. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I was anticipating. Yeah, um, the orcs are terrifying. Like they um, should be, and they, I and I, I do like that it feels consistent with the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies, but doesn't yeah. feel like the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, I agree on that. On that. Um, it's, it's close. Uh, I, I really liked, so in, uh, in, I can't remember if it's in the beginning of the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings. I can't remember which one, but there's, there's kind of like a preface where Tolkien is explaining what hobbits are and how they function and stuff. And one of the things that he, he says is that, these th- creatures, some of them are still around, but you've never seen one because you're a loud, bumbling, big human, and they're all they can hide from you. And I really liked that one. The we were introduced to the Harfoots the way that we were. That they have, they we're introduced to them coming out of hiding, where they're, they're part of the landscape. And all of a sudden they pop out and they're, they're popping open their tents and um, lean-tos and all this stuff. Oh, I had one more question they, for you guys. The, uh, the guy that, that, that came from the sky, the tall human guy, who is that? Mm-hmm. I know they uh, have said who he is, but... There's theories about this. Yeah. The, the, prevailing, theory, the prevailing theory right now is that um, it is, you know, like Gandalf... There were, it, the the Valar sent five Istari, like, aka wizards, Istari. to yeah. Middle Earth to help assist in the fight against Sauron. So, um, Gandalf, Saruman, um, Radagast, and then these two blue wizards that were sent to the east and disappeared. And Tolkien sort of retconned them later um, in his notes. But the theory is that this is a conf- like a conflagration of those two wizards that were sent to the east. So it it wouldn't okay. be Gandalf, it wouldn't be Radagast or Saruman. It would be one of the like some version of those two guys because he because Tolkien basically left it open. That's my yeah. theory, but uh, who knows? It's it's definitely not Sauron, as some idiots are saying. No, I'm I would pretty be sure really surprised if that it, was the it case. Would, it would be surprising if it's not Gandalf at at this point, just because of the pop cultureness of it all. That's true. That'd be a little uh, too on the nose, though, I, I think. I mean, Gladriel is yeah. a main character of the show. Okay, yeah, true. When uh, when N- Nori, the Harfoot character, when she yes. goes and like and touches him, and like all the stuff floats up around him and then mm-hmm. comes crashing back down, it's like, oh, I, this is an Astari. This is one of the wizards. Uh, I'm not sure which one it is. But that that was my guess too. Um, um, so to go back into our our like uh, explanation of the the cosmology of the world, I was talking earlier about how they're the Valar who are like the high gods, and that they have Maiar who are their assistant gods that are underneath them. The Istari are lesser gods, yeah, um, assistant gods. They're and 
they are given uh, they're given these human forms and sent to Middle Earth to help the denizens thereof defeat the dark forces. But they're given they're given a lot of restrictions and rules on how they're supposed to do that. So, um, so Gandalf is a, is a is a is a god. You're saying, but okay. So yes. when they came down, like 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 the character in the show, he doesn't seem to know anything or know who he is. Yeah, I'm not sure. So the I'm not real sure about that. But one thing I'll point back to is if you recall in um, the two towers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you remember uh, Gandalf falls uh, in Casa Doom in Moria, uh, fighting the Balrog. Right. Um, he you shall not pass. Yeah, he he does essentially die at that point mm-hmm. um, during that battle. And then if if you recall, like in the movie, he talks about passing out of time and seeing the world pass by him. He's just what he's describing is, I think is him becoming closer to his original essence briefly as this like lesser God and then getting sent back, basically being told you're not done yet. Um, your job is not over. So he's like and a so celestial type of God, right? He, uh, ter- he's a well, terrestrial God. He's okay. A, he's a, he's a terrestrial celestial being. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, but if you recall though, when he comes back um, and Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli find him at first, he doesn't remember who they know him as. Mm. Um, if you recall, he, he yeah. has forgotten, he has forgotten who he, who he had been. Uh, and I, actually, in the movies, it's one of my favorite moments in Ian McKellen's performance is he's playing the freshly returned Maiar god in human form. And he's very, uh, I, I don't know, he's kind of, he's standoffish. He's very cold. And then they say his name and you, and the, Ian McKellen, like he falls back back into and his voice changes and he's like that's what they used to call me that was my name i yeah. love that moment it's a great 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 absolutely uh, um because that's what's happening is he's he's remembering who he had been to these people um because the other thing is gandalf is a lot of different things to a lot of different people um, a lot of people have interacted with him and know him, and a lot of them know him by different names. Um, so he was falling back into a persona that was relevant to these people as he was remembering them. And so I'm seeing in, I'm seeing pieces of that in whoever this mystery figure is, that he he's not able to communicate effectively, but he's clearly connected to nature and the world in a magical way he's able to communicate to the fireflies and the plants and um he's interesting for sure uh but i i think he's an istari uh any final comments about the show before we move on well dave mentioned like you know not being totally sure about i think you said galadriel right like their, their yeah, I'm not sure about her performance. Uh, and I don't know if it's if it's the actress, uh, or the directing, or if it's just that because of the nature of how the character is, she's just she's kind of stiff. Yeah, um, yeah. And that I may think it's the be, character, though. Uh, yeah, I I haven't decided how I think that is. Yeah. See, and that's that's what my that's what I'm inferring to because like 
they had to make they had to realize like okay we have to make this Galadriel she's obviously much younger than the one in in uh, the Lord of the Rings films at least by so they had to make years her, or so yeah they had or in you know they had to make her more definable within this series so I think they took liberty with the fact that he never really characterized what her behavior was you know she was she was viewed as somewhat rash back in Valinor because she was willing to go along with what the Noldor did sort of to a, to a certain extent um she was rash enough to leave Valinor and follow the Noldor out to go pursue Morgoth um, which was a big deal and the fact that she's so gung-ho on going after Sauron is because she she's lost everything she's lost basically her entire family her lineage so she's trying to make sure this threat never comes back. So she is a little bit um, like possessed by this sort of mission to do and, this. And the show she's been going after, or before the show, but she's been going after Sauron for a long time, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, ever since the yeah. end of because 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 you know at the end of the the when they defeated finally they finally defeated Morgoth, they did not find Sauron. They didn't find a lot of the Balrogs they hid in you know the deep parts of the world, basically. So, um, which were That's also like, his like captains. The, the beginning of uh, an, uh, Nightfall in Middle Earth, you hear the conversation between the two figures and saying, uh, I release thee, go, my servant, you'll be for all time. That's yeah. Morgoth yeah. talking to Sauron, telling him, I'm about to go down, you get out of here. Uh, yeah. Oh. Cool. We need to, we need to uh, I think our next episode about Lord of the Rings needs to be a deep dive into the the bands and especially like Nightfall and Middle Earth and how they and and go into these details that I don't know I've listened to these albums I know these bands but I don't know what's going on you know what I mean I think that'd be a lot of fun cool yeah all right well um, thank you for uh, the um, the details here <laughs> I appreciate so, it and I'm sure Carrie, our fans Carrie, do you feel educated oh, on Lord of the Rings now do you feel educated on Lord of the Rings now I feel like I know 0.05% more how about <laughs> how about we uh, quiz everybody here like real Uh-oh. quick yeah just, no, just, not just, me. A, little, just a little bit of trivia no no everybody not, not me but everyone else <laughs> even me <laughs> yes even okay. you uh, uh, okay I'll fail but okay let's do it okay this is for Carrie only, guys, okay? Oh, no, no. So let, let Carrie figure this one out. All right, Carrie. Yes, sir. The Lord of the Rings films and the Amazon show Rings of Power are all based on a novel written by whom? Uh, some guy <laughs> named Tolkien? Well, I mean, it's close. J.A.R.R. Tolkien, but we'll, we'll go with that. All right, uh, Dave, I'm trying to find a good one for you. Oh, that was my uh, easy one. I got. That, I got that, the that, softball. That, that was your easy one. Okay, Dave. What is yeah. Bilbo's relation to Frodo? Uh, he is his uncle. That's incorrect. Oh, great uncle! That is incorrect. Sean, would you like to pick it up? I think it was his great. Yeah, great great uncle. They are both incorrect. Lover. He, is, he is a second cousin. Really? I thought that was his uncle. According to to Google, it's his second cousin. Are you getting uh, this, Are you getting this off the wiki? I'm getting it off of Google. Okay. That could, that could totally be yeah. You know, uh, like, you know, like Galadriel is is um, actually 
you know, uh, the High King Gilgalad she talks to. Uh huh. She's actually his aunt. Oh wow! Really? In the books, yeah. Are you, are you trying to get bonus points here, Sean? Is that what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Carrie. Oh yes. Uh, in Lord of the Rings, in Fellowship of the Rings specifically, okay. who said, I would rather share one lifetime with you than face all the ages of this world alone? Um, can I get a multiple choice? No. It's just, uh, well, I mean, I guess I can, I can, I can give, I can give one for you, I guess. Okay. This is, this is hard for you. Okay. Uh, this is Aragon, Frodo, right. or Erwin. Gotta be Frodo. That's incorrect. <sighs> Anybody like to pick it up? Samwise. Yeah, it's Arwen. Arwen. Yeah, Arwen. She's mm. speaking to Aragorn because she's fallen in love with a mortal, which is an ongoing theme in Tolkien's histories. That the elf that falls in love with the mortal, and uh, so yeah, she says, "I'd rather spend one lifetime with you than all the lifetimes without you." So. All right, Dave. A hard question for you. Mm-hmm. What happened to Lobelia Sackville Baggins after the War of the Rings? Jesus. <laughs> um, they, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure exactly who like what this is asking specifically. I but the Sackville Baggins is uh, basically crash bag end and take over it as if it's theirs uh, because they believe it's theirs by inheritance and they believe that Frodo is dead because he's been gone for what, like a year and a half or something. Right. So they move in. And so when the party, the hobbits return to Hobbiton, they have to drive the Sackville Baggins as out of Bag End again. I don't know if that's the answer that it's looking for. Oh, the answer they said here is uh, after she died, uh, she donate, donated all her money and belongings to help all the hobbits affected affected by Lotho, including her son. Okay, I like Dave's okay. answer better. Dave answer had a ba- Dave had a better answer, but it's still incorrect. <laughs> uh, all right, Sean, your question: Which ancient sword is known to be made by Teklar Nogrod? Excalibur. Wow. Uh. Teklar Nogrod. I might be pronouncing it wrong, so don't don't hold me accountable for that. Well, that's a dwarf, a dwarven name, I think. What's ancient sword is known to be made by Teklar Norgod or Nogrod? Yeah, I'm blanking on the on on both on both of these names. All right, the answer was Angrist. The Angrist Ancient Sword. Moving on. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Uh, me neither. I thought somebody else would know. Okay, Carrie, your last and final trivia question. I, I, I have believe in you. This is your hardest one yet. Okay. All right. What is the name of the fictional metal that which is armored a chain shirt for Frodo? Um... Unobtainium. Right, is that your final answer? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, so the 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 metal used to make it make his um, armored chain shirt. Whatever made up name they came up for that material, I don't know. I don't know the answer. It's yeah. in a lot of video games. Would you like yes. to take a guess? Yeah. Um, 
It gets used yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons. It got picked up by a lot of really. After, yeah, man. Um, I really don't know. The I'm sure. I mean, like, go the ahead. The answer is Mithril. Oh, uh, okay. That now I, that makes sense now. Uh, okay. Ad, adamantium. Adamantium. Uh, I had a good one for Dave, and I lost it. One second. Give me two seconds. Uh, all right, here we go. It's kind of a low ball, I think, but I'm pretty sure you all get it. Dave, what are the names of the two towers? Um, Minas Tirith and Minas Morgul. That is correct. Good job. That's uh, an appropriate question on 9-11. That's a, it's a subject of debate, the two towers. Oh, is that's it really? True. That yeah. is true. It's either Minas Morgul or... Um, it could be also be Orthanc. It could be Barad-dur. That's kind of the thing is uh, when it, the name, the two towers is a little bit misleading because there's several pairs of towers that are going on. So it could be Minas Tirith and Minas Morgul. It could be Isengard, Orthanc, and uh, Barad-dur. Yeah. Um, but I, for, me, for me, it's Minas Morgul and Minas Tirith. Yeah, I've... Oh. Uh, according to Google, those are the answers. So I would say you got that correct. Uh, okay, and the last one for Sean. I just I, I kind of went right past it by accident here, and I'm scrolling back to it. Give me two seconds. Okay, we need some Jeopardy music Sean. in the background. Yeah, yeah, Sean, are you ready? Mm-hmm. What marks the end of the Third Age? The end of the third age is well. I mean, I get. I, I think in the books it is the defeat of Sauron. So basically, the end of well, no, it could be the it could be the crowning of it could be the well. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> say Sauron. I'm gonna say the defeat I, of Sauron. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. Is he right or wrong? No, no. Go ahead. You, if you want to jump in, I'll, I'll I'll let you know after you jump in. I'm gonna I'm gonna say when the elves depart Middle Earth marks the end of the third. That age. would have been a good guess too. That would that would have been my guess as well. But according to Google, the marks of the end of the third age is when Sauron is killed after the One Ring is completely destroyed. Okay. So there you go. Well, we've learned that Carrie still hasn't learned anything about Lord of the Rings. Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. I knew that going in. <laughs> we'll have to do an um, uh, MCU uh, trivia one next time. Oh, absolutely. We should. Um, all right. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for making me feel stupid. I'm appreciate Oh, you that. didn't feel stupid. Come on. I'm joking. Uh, let's get into George Hates Metal because we're, we're going long here. And then uh, let's talk about what's tickling our geeks. We'll be right back. You know what I want to, oh, what I was thinking for George Hates Metal, uh, one of my favorite releases that came out last week, it's a little known band called Bloodbass, and uh, I think the song I want you to do is called uh, Affliction of Extinction. Oh, wow. It's, uh, we'll talk about it after that, but yeah, everybody check out Bloodbass from the new album called Survival of the <laughs> Sickest. This is Affliction of of extinction. We'll be right back.
All right, we're back to the show. Uh, that was Bloodbath from the new album, Survival of the Sickest. Um, that was a track we were listening to and we were trying to get George's uh, opinion of if he hates it or not. That was called Affliction of Extinction. George, take yeah. it away. Uh, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Do you, okay. Elaborate more, a little bit more, please, and then we'll talk about it. Sure. Um, how can I elaborate on this? It sounded like the vocalist was just putting on a growly voice and just talking instead of like actually trying to perform a musical performance. Uh, the music was great. I thought the guitar is fucking ripped. Uh, um, yeah, that's about it. it. It sounds like one of those fake songs you would hear uh, on Metalocalypse. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we talk about the band, uh, Dave, what was your opinion on the song? First time? Yeah, um, it sounds like Bloodbath doing what they do, and that's a good thing. Uh, I, I I think it's... I remember when Bloodbath came out originally, and, yeah. like, it came it, it came across as the time at, at the time as like uh, not a joke but like a gimmick um, like I, it felt gimmicky when they like it was it felt tongue in cheek when it when they started with Michael Ackerfeld because it's 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 been a lot of different people but it was basically it started it was basically started with some of the guys from Catatonia and some of the guys from Opeth that's and correct when it when it and by that time, like Catatonia had started into their more like prog rock era of stuff, and yep. Opeth hadn't quite started that yet, but they were headed in that direction. And it, it was like they were like, "Hey, let's let's just have a little bit of fun and like play some old style like Swedish death metal and just have some fun with it." Yes. And then it and then it was like totally legit. And from that point on, it's like Bloodbath has just been one of the most solid death metal fans going. And Bloodbath has featured three of my all-time favorite vocalists of all time. Yeah. And it's not all-time twice, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, you said Michael Ackerfeld, and then uh, then we had... Uh, Peter Tactron. Peter Tactron from Hypocrisy. And now we have a guy named Nick Holmes, who's... Uh, his other band, Paradise Lost, is one of my favorite bands. And I think his return or his addition into Bloodbath is what sort of like sparked his more vocal style in Paradise Lost, where they got a little bit heavier after mm. he was in Bloodbath, you know? So, yeah. uh, okay, so Sean, what did you think of the song first time? Yeah, yeah, I haven't listened to the album yet. I mean, okay. it sounds like Bloodbath, you know? I'll have to listen to it when I'm not feeling like hell because that sure. sort of ruins my enjoyment of it. This song, to me, it, it, it's very much like a Cannibal Corpse song. Um, you, you said probably over the why album, I don't like it. <laughs> maybe um, this album, to me, vocal like lyrically, it looks like, and you know, just aesthetically, it feels like something what Cannibal Corpse would do, just like thick and vile and disgusting, which is great. That's the album title sounds like it could be a yes, right? Yeah. Um, so I, really great album. I've listened to it a couple times already. Like I mentioned, the song, the last song on the album called "No God Before Me," it's very much in the style of like "God of Emptiness" from Morbid Angel. Um, let's see. Uh, 
I was laughing yep. because I'm looking through the track list right now and yep. malignant maggot therapy. <laughs> like I said, the even the, the song titles are very cheesy, like stuff that fucking Cannibal Corpse would write. You know what I mean? Oh, Barney Greenway on. Yeah, Barney's on it. Speaking of uh, Grindage, uh, Luke LeMay from uh, from Gore Guts is on here. Um, Grindage, like from Polly Shore, like grindage. Not, not, not grindage, but the other oh. kind of grindage. Um, Mark Grew, he's a, a guest vocalist. He's also uh, speaking of Lord of the Rings. He was uh, the original vocalist from Morgoth. Um, but the lineup now, it's uh, of course we mentioned Jonas Rensky and uh, Anders, both from uh, Catatonia. Uh, Axenrot, Martin Axenrot. Uh, Formerly now the the ex drummer from Opes, uh, who they just announced now it's the drummer from Paradise Lost, who just joined the band a couple of days ago. This um, is all getting very incestuous. It is, uh, and then the other guitar player who hasn't been around for too long, uh, his name is Tomas Arkvig. He's in that band called Lick L I K. George, I think you like them, right? Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, and then of course vocalist. Nick Holmes, uh, Bloodbass, Paradise Lost, one of my favorite vocalists. Can uh, he can do this? He can he can be eighties goth metal vocals. He can do any whatever he wants. Yep. Ever heard his uh, solo album he did back in the day? No. Nope. I don't think uh, I was aware of. Oh, no, that. wait, no, it wasn't a solo album. He was a. Uh, he was maybe it was Liv Christine. He did some songs with Liv Christine on one of her solo albums. It was okay. pretty pretty cool. Yeah, that's Bloodbast for you. I I'm digging this album quite immensely. It's uh, tribute to old school Swedish death metal, and and it feels like it just a, a tribute to all kinds of old school death metal on this album. So. Uh, any other new bands you wanted to talk about? You want to talk about the new Blind Guardian for a second? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm still processing it. I know right? we're going to get deep. We're going to dive deeper into it with MSRcast, but I just want to get your initial opinions. Um, it, it well, I, how do I? I mean, because I don't want to spoil anything for that. But okay. spoil it, do it. I, I I'll, I'll say it, this is the only thing I'll that say. George should listen to. This is the only thing I'll say. I'll say I, I I am enjoying it way more than Beyond the Red Mirror. Sure. Yeah. This is to me. It, they've uh, they've taken away a lot of the symphonic element and gone just old school Blind Guardian. Let's play fast and heavy and go from there. Do you, do you agree with that statement? Uh, mm, to a certain extent. Okay. You're you're uh, the bigger fan than me, so I'm interested in, to hearing more about it. We'll go more in depth on a future MSR cast episode soon. How about that? Yeah, um, I've I've only given it one listen through so yeah. far, and uh, I'm still I need to spend some more time with it. Um, I'm not I'm not immediately in love with it, but that doesn't really surprise me. That's not a criticism. It's just that I haven't had the I have I just haven't sat with it, uh, but I I remember when they played the uh, like the live stream Valken in was that 2020 yeah yeah um, and they played Violent Shadows and it was fucking amazing yep 
uh, they debuted that song there. Uh, and that whole performance was hands down the best thing of that whole event. Uh, oh, yeah. Without question. Without question, just the best thing. And the digital so cows I, they put in. <laughs> the digital cows and all. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just haven't really had time to sit with this. I, I do like that they're, they're pulling in some more of the old speed metal approach. Um, I, 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 I guess I'm kind of with Sean that I, I don't feel like, like they're, they've gone completely that direction. Um, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like a reversion or a overt callback. It's just I feel like they're emphasizing that aspect of who they are more here, and that's cool because I feel like I feel like the symphonic stuff they kind of uh, played it to its extent, and I, obviously that become that's culminated in the the completely orchestral thing that they did sure. last. Yeah, uh, and and uh, I was listening to uh, our our friend Josh Runquist. I listened to his interview with Andre Ulbrich. And uh, he said, once they got done with the orchestral thing, he's like, I didn't want to hear anything orchestral at all at that point. <laughs> you could you could feel it on this album. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Uh, have you guys heard the new Eternum album yet? No. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah the the new Eternum album is something that everyone should be listening to. Thank you. It's a uh, it's um, this album's all about the fall of like with a what is it with the Constantinople? Con- there you go, Constantinople. I always get that song in my head whenever I hear that. Istanbul. Istanbul, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, this is a really cool, really killer concept album. It has a lot of. I, I got the joke. That's like that song. It gets stuck in my head every time I hear. Think about it. Um, really uh, epic concept album about the fall like if constantinople they're these guys are surprisingly from canada (laughs) (laughs) um so but they have a lot of a lot of middle eastern you know elements to their music but um but heavy as well and and a lot more clean vocals than i was expecting on this album would you agree uh yeah thank you Thank you for agreeing with me. <laughs> um, if you haven't, if you're not checking out the new A Turnum, I would uh, recommend it. Um, I'm going to recommend a band that you might have never heard of, with one of the most one of the most horrible names I've heard in a long time. But they're really good. Uh, did, Justin, did Justin recommend this to you? No, he oh. did not. But this should go on Justin's list of bad band names as good albums. This is a band called Wine from Tears. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're sort of their melodic death doom. Uh, they have a new album that just came out called I'm fine. Are they though? I, they say they are, but I listening to them. I don't think they are. Um, okay. Everything about this so far sounds like far too on the nose, whiny goth rock music. Wine from tears, an album called I'm fine. (laughs) Yes. You it's okay. It's very gothic metal uh, death doom, but there's elements of like typo negative and all this cool stuff in it. Um, there's some really good tracks on here. I'm not going to say the whole album is amazing, but some really good songs. And I think uh, we'll definitely be playing them on a future MSR cast episode. Um, 
Another album uh, band you guys might not know of is a band Dark Millennium. Have you heard of them yet? No. I, didn't, I have to say I didn't like them as much as I like Light Millennium, though. You like Light Millennium better? Okay. Yeah. Well, I like them when they're darker. You know, that's just me. Uh, this, uh, I, I really like these guys. Um, they're on Massacre Records, I believe. The new album is called Acid River. Um, and it's sort of psychedelic death, a little bit of doom element in it, though. I think this would be, if you haven't heard this, Dave, I think you'd actually really dig it. Uh, you yeah, two that songs. sounds like, like, what was the name of it again? Uh, Dark Millennium. Yeah, it's something I think everybody here, even George, I think you might dig these two, dig them too. But what I want to talk about real quick before we move on is the new Megadeth album. Has everybody heard it? No. Yes. Sean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll go definitely, if you want to hear us go more in depth about some of this stuff, MSRcast, I know we'll be talking about this album. Here's all I can say. There are some really, really, really fucking killer tracks on this album. And there's some ultimate horrible, crappy songs. It's about 60 40, 60 good, 40%. Like, what the hell were they thinking? The song about him wanting to become an astronaut? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a weird one. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's, he's putting out his hopes and dreams out there, man. He, well, I guess he wants to, he wants to go on one of those. SpaceX trips. SpaceX that's, what wants, exactly. that's what he wants to do. Like the, the, the title cover surprised me. Right, police truck. It was, it's a, yeah. That was okay. It's, a, we, it's cool. I like it. But even it the Sammy Hagar like, cover was cool because it has Sammy Hagar on it. But uh, we'll be back is really good. Um, is he doing a Backstreet Boy song or something? No. We'll Why? be back. I don't know. That sounds like a Backstreet Boy song. <clears throat> um. <laughs> the Life. the title track, the sick, the dying, and the dead is good. Night Life in Hell's Life in Hell's maybe the best Megadeth song yeah. in ten years. Yeah, I agree yeah. on that too. But Soldier Out, I like Soldier On. That's a great song too. But Mission to Mars, horrible. Celebuton, what the was fuck? He, was he, Celebuton is a well, Mission to Mars. Song. I want to be an astronaut. There's a theme here. There is, but it shouldn't be a Megadeth song. That's all I'm saying. I think he's just so, trying to reach out to Elon the, Musk. That's is what, he's trying to do. what, Dave? It's the, that's the same song. Like, oh. The song Mission to Mars is about yes. him wanting to be an astronaut. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Look at the lyrics and you're like, Dave, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, yeah, not, there's they some, can all be bangers, some, but... There's some stupid stuff on here. That Celebutant... Like, I'm I'm more okay with the Mission to Mars song than the Celebutant <laughs> song. I'm like, what the I fuck know. is this? I mean... On the album, though, it's a killer. He has a killer lineup on this album. Steve DiGiorgio on bass, uh, Dirk on drums, who's like one of my favorite drummers, and then of course Kiko killing it on this album. I didn't realize DiGiorgio was involved with. Yeah, that. it's not delivery; it's DiGiorgio. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but he's not, he's not in the touring band cause he's still, he's with Testament full time, you know? Mm. So this, think, this album's like a test, uh, well, not uh, Testament. This album is a very vivid example of why metal bands should really just be focusing on eight songs for an album, eight to nine okay. songs. Agreed. Yeah. Don't yeah. fucking throw everything into the mix. <laughs> they could have left those last couple songs off. We'll be back is a great song though. 
I will, that's one of the yeah. that, that's one of the best songs in the past ten years too. But they could have done a little self editing here, and it would have been a much better album for sure. A lot of bands can do self editing. Yeah, it's, yes, it's always agreed. a good thing. Just because you have the, the the room for it, doesn't mean you have to. That's my opinion. Um, I know we'll probably go into further details. I don't think I'm going to play him on the show because it's Megadeth and everybody fucking knows Megadeth. You know what I mean? But it's a good album. Who's, I mean, who's Megadeth again? Um, <laughs> it's it's the guy who was the alpha dog in Metallica. Yes. Mm, gotcha. Did, the guy did, who did got kicked guys, out of Metallica. Did you guys see that? Did you, did you no. see that? I saw the headline. So, I just didn't click on it. Just, I, I almost, I almost didn't because I was like, "Oh my god, this is so fucking stupid." But I, I was morbidly curious enough, and I clicked on it anyway. And it sounds like that was the fault of the interviewer. The interviewer used that term. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, Dave, of course, rolled with it because sure. he did. Um, but it that I'm, I'm blaming the wasn't that on Joe Rogan or some shit. Thing. Uh, I didn't see where it came from. Okay. Um, all right. Well, moving on. Before we move on real quick, uh, I do want to put a plug for the latest MSR cast episode. Just came out this past weekend. Uh, interview with Cammy uh, from Oceans of Slumber. So I had, we got we sat down right before the tour started, the first night in Houston a couple weeks ago. Great interview. Uh, first time I've ever played Bjork on, on the podcast. So tune in for that. Uh, it was her choice, Bjork, and a couple other things that I normally don't play, but it was a good time. Uh, we talk a lot about her her time in Arion and her influences and her vocal delivery and all, all kinds of cool topics, so please check that out. Um, moving on, I think we're about to wrap up the show, but uh, let's, let's see what's tickling our geek real quick. What about, let's go with our guest first. Sean, what are you looking forward to right now? What's coming out soon or that you're really occupying your time now? Um, coming out, I, that I don't know. Um, could be a TV show, could be a movie, it could be a book, could be whatever you want. Um, well, I mean, lately I've, so I, I've done my first two D and D sessions and and that was a, 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 it's been an interesting learning experience. Well, actually three, because first one, we just made our characters. Are you DMing it or are you just, Uh, no, I would not recommend that as a beginner. No. Uh, Yeah. But, you, but even even our, our, D, our DM is is kind of a beginner themselves. Who and, are you playing with? If I if you don't mind me asking, um, there's a bunch of uh, friends and people I used to work with oh, are cool. doing it. Right. And um, yeah, so in fact, we're gonna have a new DM next next week. We're gonna do uh, a new kill, can, a new thing. Did you kill off your DM already? No, um, they just want to alternate. Oh, okay. It's like they're 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 in charge of it. These two and they're alternating back and forth. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then, so I'm, we're going to, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm, I'm just learning, but, uh, are you enjoying it? I am. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. And are I, and I just discovered or yes. With, yeah. Okay. Fifth edition. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I just discovered the critical role. So I was like yeah. watching a little bit of that on YouTube, which they, uh, those episodes are so long, but they're all of a sudden you're like an hour and a half into it without even realizing they're, it. And it's, right. It's kind of cool. There was another, uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Brian Posehn. He did a podcast where they played D&D. There was a lot of, there's been a lot of celebrity D&Ds. Because, um, I don't know. Yeah, it is popular. All right, cool. I mean, I have a friend who's been, he's like, let's get another game together. Because we tried at one point and people just sort of flaked out. But That's the that's the hard part. Yeah. It's like getting everyone to. 
Yeah. And D and D wasn't something I grew up playing. Just probably like you, you know, I had right. people around me that I just never, I never got involved. All right. What about you, Dave? What's tickling your geek? Uh, I guess, um, I'll be, I'm going out of town next weekend. Oh, yeah? Um, I am going to San Antonio for a concert that was supposed to happen two years ago. And I don't know if you guys remember, um, what happened two years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. in the, can you, can you uh, elaborate yeah, there, for us? There was like a, the flu or something that went around <laughs> and or something caused, or caused <laughs> some problems. Uh, but yeah, these were tickets that were bought almost three years ago. Wow. Uh, the show's finally happening, but I'm going to see Romstein in yes. San Antonio. So, cool. uh, cool. there, I, uh, my that's a band that like I don't always love what they do, but man, that's a show that I've just got to see like yeah. in person. I, I everybody told me that you got to see them live. I'm like I don't really like their music, but I like I, know I like cool. I enjoy a fair amount of it. There's a fair amount of it that I do like. Oh, do but man, that's a yeah, but that's a stage show that I just got to see. Yeah. All right. Very, are you going to do anything else in San Antonio while there? Or? We may walk around the river walk a little bit, but. We don't have any major plans. No six flags or anything like that. Nah. Sea world. Okay. Nah. We won't about, be there long enough to do anything like gotcha. that. Gotcha. What about you, George? Um, so I, just I mean, to Disney. yeah, going to Disney. But I recently saw a movie, and I know it's something we usually talk about stuff that's coming up. But I want to talk about something that I thoroughly enjoyed, and it's so awesome, and I want everyone to see it. And it's this new horror movie called Barbarian. I, I've heard a lot about that over this weekend. Yeah, I saw it last night. Uh, I got to easily say uh, it's a good breath, uh, a fresh air of, of kind of horror movie. Of, it's a comedy horror, right? I mean, there's some comedic elements in it, but it's a horror through and through. Is it brutal? Oh, yeah. There's some, there's some, there's some uh, oh, well, gory is such a strong word, but uh, there's some real brutal moments in the movie. Um, I think the less you know about the movie, the better. I think you'll enjoy it way more. Okay. Um, so if you can stay away from trailers and like reviews and stuff like that, do yeah. it. If you uh, like horror movies and uh, you're okay with like a, a little bit of gore, not a lot. It's not like a disgusting the amount of gore, but there is some like crazy like holy shit moments. Okay. Uh, and there's some really like creepy, terrifying moments in that I know, movie. Too. I know Justin Long's in it, right? Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he's not he a he's it. not a walrus anymore. No, they they, they de walrus them for this movie. Okay. Cool, uh, I hear a lot it, about it, that it's, movie. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's directed and written by uh, one of the guys from uh, the Whitest Kids You Know, which it's was a comedy troupe, right? Yeah, it was a comedy troupe from Canada, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was like one of my most anticipated movies of the year. So when I finally got a chance to see it last night, I had a great time. And did your uh, wife go with you? Yeah, we did. We had a really long conversation about it that that went to some uh, really interesting places. I, um, I'm 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 just happy that your wife goes to movies like that with you because it's it's something I don't think she would probably seek out on her own. Oh no, I don't think she would ever wanted to go see this movie on her own. Uh, but I was happy enough that she uh, stuck it through, even through like the creepier moments in the movie. I can imagine. Yeah. All right. So it's great. Uh, if you guys are into horror movies, Halloween's right around the corner. So yeah, I'd be interested in seeing it. Perfect, perfect, a perfect way to get into your spooky spirit. Um, for me, there's two things I want to talk about. Uh, one is we have tickets to see Clerks <laughs> 3 on Tuesday. 
Uh, oh, are you going to go to that? Yeah, we're going to the uh, Phasm one here in, in First Colony. See, I was thinking about going to that, but... Come with us. Grab a ticket. When is it? Uh, we're going Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Tuesday night. If there's any tickets left, I'll see what's going on. There should be plenty of tickets left. Okay. Uh, I'll send you the uh, the theater and details later. Okay. Uh, that'd be fun to go with you. That'd be that'd be cool because we we're trying to get together with somebody else, but they 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 weren't able to do it the last minute. So it'd be oh, fun okay. to go with other people. Absolutely. Uh, um, and then Arion is remastering the Universal Migrator albums one and two, and re-releasing them on vinyl and um, the uh, like the the earbook deluxe media edition. They've released one song already. Uh, the one was uh, Bruce Dickinson. Sounds amazing. Um, he's painstakingly redone these albums because he was never really happy with the sound, they, they, the way they came out. So, um, you know, he's such an audiophile. He says he it wasn't brutal enough. <laughs> well, it wasn't not the, it's, not a, it's not brutal. It's just. No, it just reminds me of the uh, episode of Metalocalypse when they uh, recorded the album like a billion, <laughs> billion yeah. times. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I've actually, uh, I got to put my pre-order in for apparently cause like there's a, a, a USA shop now. So, uh, shipping is not going to be killer from Europe. So it's all, it's not that bad. I just have to put my, I have to figure out which versions I want to get and then make my pre-order cause it comes out in November. Um, that's it for me. Plus I'm, I'm going to new Orleans next month for my birthday. Oh. Run. Awesome. We're going out of we're going on a cruise out of New Orleans, really. Oh, you're not just going to New Orleans property. We're gonna well, yeah, we're gonna actually we're gonna go for a couple of days. We're gonna leave the cruise leaves on Monday, and we're gonna go Saturday morning. My birthday Ooh. is Sunday, um, and then we're just gonna have some fun times in, in New Orleans, man. That sounds fun. I haven't been there in a long, long time. Yeah, I'm by the there. dungeon while you're there. What's the name of it? The dungeon. The dungeon. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. making a list. Um, of places I do want to go. I, for, I forgot about that. The dungeon, right? What's the dungeon? Yeah. It's a the bar. bar. It's based, It's like a goth, heavy metal, horror-themed bar. It's it's small. It's not very big, um, but it's it's just kind of a fun place to hang out. I go there when we go to New Orleans. Um, I cool. just put put it on my, uh, my list. Like, it's, sometimes... sometimes add bdsm to that list too <laughs> so, sometimes they, they, well uh when we were i think covid maybe had something to do with that but they they used to have a they used to have a spanking bench in the 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 downstairs i mean what good had. bar doesn't right you're in new orleans come on you gotta live it up <laughs> cool yeah i just put that on my list i've totally forgot about it. I'll, I'll talk to you later dave because he might have some other recommendations for us to go to you know okay um, all right, cool. Well, thank you everyone uh, for hanging out with us this evening. Let's do some housekeeping here. Of course, you can find uh, the Metal Geeks podcast on all your socials uh, at Metal Geeks. We're at metalgeeks.net. We're uh, proud members of the ESO network. Um, so check out all the my, my voice cracked when I said that. Um, you check out all the cool shows that make up the network there. We're uh, check out our Facebook group, the Metal Geek Society. We have a lot of fun in there. Um, I, I don't think I'm missing anything. Oh, yeah. Well, you can check out our sister show, MSRCast, where Sean the Metal Pigeon is my co-host. We talk about metal, and we play a lot of stuff, and we just geek out on metal. So, Sean, where people can find you? 
uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the Metal Pigeon and the uh, MetalPigeon.com. Cool. Yeah, check out his. Uh, if you don't know who Sean is, uh, the MetalPigeon.com is where all his his writings are, and he's he's phenomenal writer. Um, so many. Uh, I mean, you you eloquently can say what I'm thinking in my mind about all the stuff and. Your reviews are great. Your articles are great. So check out TheMetalPigeon.com if you have not yet. Dave, what about you, sir? Um, you can find me uh, at RedVikingDave on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, those things. Yeah. Very cool. What Are you are you working on anything special right now? Any new uh, art? Yeah, I mean, I've got some stuff in the works. Um, I did a – you guys saw the, the Doom-themed – piece that i i yes, posted the, the like, I, I post i posted that to the the official like doom facebook group oh did you and that's it blew the fuck up oh it's uh, awesome like, man i'm Great. i'm still getting i'm still getting like feedback on it and she's so still it, printed it, that it, shit uh i they're up in my shop uh oh there at, you go red red viking dave etsy shop um they're up there and uh it may this may lead to some other work as well cool so, but we'll see. Very cool, man. It, it, it went over very well. People liked it a lot. That's <laughs> so. awesome. Okay, uh, Mr. George, what about you, sir? Uh, they, everyone could find me uh, on all the social medias at George Tripsis. All right, cool. What are you working on right now? Nothing? Well, I got some stuff in the pipes uh, going through. Uh, I'm trying to get this uh, comic book uh, finalized. I just need to get someone to edit it for me. Um, and then I'm also working on a, uh, a script for a feature film that I'm planning to shoot a, a, uh, like a sizzle reel trailer for hopefully in the, in the upcoming year. Oh, uh, speaking of stuff like that, I need to, we'll, we'll talk in the next day or so, but I have something that might be up your alley that I was asked to help with in December. We'll talk about that later. Huh, maybe, for cool. a lo- maybe for a local band. Oh, even better. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in to episode number 223 of the Metal Geeks podcast. Sorry it was such a long one, but uh, we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Of course, it has to be lengthy. I'm about to say, like, it's a Lord of the Rings episode. It's, it's got to be long, right? Yeah, that's right. We should have put it, we should put, we could put an intermission between it, you know. <laughs> we need to have multiple endings to this, too. <laughs> so just got to keep it going. I think we should title this uh, One Chord to Rule Them All. One what? chord you know like a guitar chord Never oh <laughs> that that okay or one or, or one gourd to, to rule them all <laughs> since halloween's right on the corner oh. yeah yeah all yeah. right we'll Any, we'll, we'll circle back on that we're, we're, we're workshopping it okay? we'll workshop we're workshop. That. yeah all right guys well uh thanks for tuning in and as always we have one last thing we always have to say keep it metal and keep it schmeagle and one more. Gollum. Uh, keep it geeky. Wait a minute. Are Schmeagel and Gollum the same person? The exact same person. Yeah. Oh, damn it. That should have been my trivia question for you. This should have been the trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Good night. Hey, Geekazoids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved. Blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.
Hey Dad, what's the Soul Forge podcast? The Soul Forge podcast is all about life, the universe, and everything. Is it good for kids? Oh no, it's not good for kids. Is it geeky? Oh, it can be geeky, but it can also be serious. We talk about life, sex, dating, and mental health, and so much more. Where can you find the Soul Forge podcast? You can find it everywhere iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.